Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double Doink. Today is January 1st. No, it's not. It's December 17th, 2023. Back to the future. Um, yeah. This will be released on January 1st, 2024. And if you guys remember from last year, you know exactly what that means. It is the time of the year for the Dirty Dozen. Yes, I am excited because I keep throwing more and more monkey wrenches into this. Yeah, uh, I didn't follow half your rules. I think I called only them. one re-release. That I'm, was the okay. rule. No, you also said a live record. I didn't do a live record. Yeah, I didn't expect you to because you don't have any culture. It's okay. It's also wow. because I don't typically enjoy live records because a lot of times they're not well done. Then how can you well go to done. so many live shows? Because I like. Uh, I don't want to hear it. If you go to live shows, you like live music, which means you should be able to find a live record, especially with the ones that were released this year. See, I don't get any of those released for me. Like, they don't show up for me. Of course they do. If you go to a band's page. Oh, wait, that's right. You use Spotify. <laughs> so it's just attacking me day, I guess. Anyway. No, it's attacking Spotify. I mean, no, I'm going to go through my top 12 based on Dave's stupid one release rule, and then I'll give you my true top 12 because listen, there's like multiple re-releases. Listen, I had five re-releases before I put the rule. And I eliminated four of them because of the simple fact that going to a re-release is so easy because it's already been an album that was already a pinnacle album a few years back and it's just being reintroduced. I mean, we can go off of bands that just released an album last year that re-released this year. Mm -hmm. Like Deluxe one that, editions. Electric Hallboy. Mm -hmm. Like their, their, their techno that came out last year and subsequently the tour edition that was released this year and all they did was add four live tracks to it mm -hmm. makes no sense. Ice Nine Kills. Ice Nine Kills did it. There's another one. Mm -hmm. But again, their re-release wasn't even that good. They also put out the orchestral version, which I didn't even I didn't even think to include. Yeah, but, but again, these re-releases, as good as they are, to, to make a... We honestly, I think all of us, all six of us, which includes Lexi and Julian, easily could have picked 12 re-releases and just done that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. Re-releases slash delu deluxes. Because, I mean, I'm not the biggest Swifty, but mm. 1989 is a great album. It's not going to make my list just simply due to the fact, again, I limited it to one re-release. I mm -hmm. feel like that was right. Mm -hmm. As far as attacking you over the live music, my friend, the only time you post to any of your social medias, especially your Snapchat, is when, I'm is when you're on a live show. So for you not to have a live album, right. in consideration with how many epic live albums were released this year, even from bands that I know you truly enjoy because you have seen them live, is a bit of a shock to me that you couldn't fit one in, even at the number 12, even if you had to knock your number 12 to 13. It's just, it was one of those things that kind of throws me because I know you could have found a band that you enjoyed live that you may have even seen this year that released something like that. So, no shots. I'm taking more of a shot at Spotify just because of at breakfast today, myself and Dave, we were sitting there going through System of a Down <coughs> um, albums. Mm-hmm. And you know the album Steal, this album that they released? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on Spotify, the second track is called Sugar. It's wrong because the second track on that album is called Inversion, and Sugar is on their self-titled release. So Spotify Messed is it up. wrong. <laughs> and it's also, um, I've seen where Spotify has done that, where um, one of a Data Remembers, actually a Data Remembers first record was just released on Spotify. No. It was re-released. Whatever, still. It was remastered and re-released. Yeah, but the issue with Spotify and a lot of other digital media media outlets is like, for example, one of my favorite bands, Fear Factory, they have an album called Archetype, but because of a battle between 
the record label and the band over ownership of the music, which is kind of what Taylor Swift went through, has been going through for these years and all of her re-releases subsequently, they can't put that on digital media. So it can't be released. Mm -hmm. So it's an album that if you don't have the physical hard copy, this guy does, you cannot hear the album. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because it might be their best album. Mm Mm-hmm. I've taken up too much time. <laughs> um, so to start, before we get into our list of 12s, because um, we all have our own lists as the same as last year, um, minus the kiddos. They have a couple of records that they're going to chat about, but no major list of 12. We're going to hit singles of the year. So what is a song that was released as a single that was not part of a record? Not saying it won't be part of a record in the future, but what song was released not part of a record that is your favorite single of the year. Now, I have a bunch of singles that came out as singles but became part of records, so I had to remove those. I'm going to just start off with mine. I had one that just came out, and that's Seeing Red by Architects. But then I just went back through. This song is certainly going to be on a record that was supposed to come out this year but never did. And that's the single Lost by Bring Me the Horizon. It has one of the craziest um, electro drops because they've they've become more of an electro metal band, um, and they kind of started. Uh, they have one of the coolest drops um, in any rock song this year, in my opinion. So that's why I say "Lost" is probably my favorite single of the year. Michaela, <clears throat> all right. So it was kind of tough going through my singles of the year. Um, because I was going to go with one that released just last week. But then I was going through my music. I was like, you know what? I've been kind of on an R&B, funky type vibe this past couple of months. So Really? I mean, I am the R&B stan in the group. So it's only right that I go with a song. It's called The Machine. It's by Reed Wonder and Aurora Olivis. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And this, honestly, I've never heard of these either of these artists. Um, I think one of them is like the producer. I've never heard of any of them before, but I heard it in the background of a video that I was watching and it instantly captured my attention. And I went and I found it and I listened to it for a, no lie, like a week straight. It's the only song that I listened to. So The Machine, fantastic song for any of our R&B fans out there. Meredith? Uh, it's Ghost by What Was Me. Yeah, that's... I- I've been a woe is me stan since 2012, and then they broke up because stupid men suck and go create new bands, and now that band's breaking up. Um, Issues, right? Yes. Tyler Carter sucks. Putting that out there for the <laughs> no, record. I, I, yeah. Um, so I've been dying for a new woe is me album since the beginning of 2023, and Ghost only came out like halfway through the year, and then they also put out another single, Red, and then... I want to say like 14, two weeks ago, they posted on Facebook a fortune cookie that said big things coming soon. Yep. Just drop the album. <laughs> and I swear to God, if they drop this album before the end of the year, and it and it's, deserves to be in my top 12 when we're recording this now, I'm going to be really pissed. There's a couple of artists who are doing that. SZA's doing this. She was supposed to release uh, her deluxe last week, but then something happened and it might not come out until the very end of the year. And I had told, I think I told Josh this, if she had dropped that, even yesterday, and I hadn't listened to it, it was automatically going in my top 12. That's how high she sits in, like, my category of artist. Wouldn't even yeah. have to listen to it. 
And then like another one of single that I was really pumped for this year was Dead Dead Friends by Boy You're Strong. Heard it live last night for the first time. Chef's it was kiss. lit. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Lexi? Oh god. Um Oh yeah, I need this. Um it's Juice World Doomsday. It's with I don't know what his name is, but I'll I'll get it. I, I'll Maybe be honest. If you just had your phone in your hand. And you I like juice. Well, you know, I'm just saying. Oh, lyrical lemonade and cordae. Yeah, it's it's good. It's one of his actual kind of rap. All his songs are rap. But yeah, they are rap. It's one of his more rapping rap songs. Julian. No, 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 no. Come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> Julian, how no. many times are you gonna say no? Not my I don't know that you song. Go first. You go first. <laughs> Why am I going first? It's always uh, the oldest person in the room goes last. It's simple as that. It's always beauty before age. <laughs> okay, so I am split between two songs. This is a difficult choice for me because I'm split between Doom Slayer by Alex the Terrible and and Meet and Greet. Bef- so it came out as a single before it went on the um, Under Fire version of Welcome to Hardwood. Okay, so, so uh, based on the parameters, you'd have to go with Doom Slayer then, because yeah. it did come out on the album. Yeah. So Doom Slayer is your selection. Yeah. Why? I, it's heavy. It's it's just good. I just like it. It's good. Like it's a good song. It's chunky. Yes. It's also Sorry. Doom, which is your so favorite like video game franchise, pretty well, much at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well. I'm gonna pretend like I don't have every single Doom game on my Switch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not lying about that. Every single one. Well, segueing off of his, mine's a slaughter to prevail Viking. Yeah, solid, solid pick. Like, unbelievable. And even though Alex has come out with a lot of his own stuff this year, he's had Doom Slayer, and then he had mm-hmm. um, the other one that came out. Um, hold on, I have it in my library. Kingdom of Storm and Thunder. Like, those right there were both great singles, but... I am so anticipating the new Slaughter album next year. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. And I know we that's that's kind of how I feel about Arch- Architects because they put out a record this year and I was not impressed. Yeah. And I know we've been there's been another band that has been just releasing singles this year and they just signed with um Nuclear Blast. That's a brand. Brand of Sacrifice, mm-hmm. Purge. Actually as good a single as it is, it might be their weakest. Yeah, I'll be honest. I agree with you because the the EP they put out was so, was so fucking between good. Between Death and Dreams, yeah, so good. And it, they just kept building it. It was like single after single after single. And then once they released the three singles, they uh, they then released the EP, which also was a caveat in this top twelve. We could have zero EPs in this mm-hmm. top twelve, which again made it tough for me because one band in particular that both Michaela and I are super high on had one of the had a Grammy nominated EP this year. Phantomine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ghost. Um one of my favorite bands put out a fantastic EP. Spearbox? Spearbox. Yep. yep. And the they're Fair not, Fair. And, and they're nominated they're nominated for the Grammy as well. Uh-huh. Which I'll never Best understand the Grammy. No, metal. Metal performance, yes. Yeah. I'll never understand the Grammys. There's like 17 categories for rap. <coughs> but, and like two for rock. Yeah, exactly. There's rock yeah. and metal, and that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty much. Rock um, performance, true. live metal metal performance, and mm-hmm. then whatever, rock album. There's not even a metal album category, yeah. which makes no sense. And then so many bands are going to get snuffed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so many no, bands. I think Slipknot was nominated this year, too. 
Yes. yes. I have a feeling. Um, for Adderall. Uh, uh, sleep Token probably they got were not. They got no, nom- no nominations. That's a snuff. In my personal opinion, that's a snuff because of how much they blew up this year. I, I understand. They could be listed under like new artist of the year. They weren't listed under anything. And I, I think know they th- weren't listed under anything, but like they could have been listed I just, under that. We'll get, I'm, I have a feeling we're going to get to them. And when we get to them, I'll give my opinion. We are going to get to them. Yeah. I, I already knew we were. So, all right. Into so now the 12. we get, now we get into the 12. Um, who's starting? We'll go same, same okay. order. Okay. Me, Michaela, Meredith, Dave. Sounds good. I, I like, can join I like in. taking up the rail. If we have one. All right. So my number 12 and this record came out of nowhere to take this spot and it knocked out some bangers. Honestly, this record released a week and a half ago. Atreyu? The Beautiful Dark of Life by Atreyu. When I tell you, since this record's come out, it has been on constant repeat. I have loved all of their stuff they've been doing. All the singles, all the EPs. And I was ready to put A Torch in the Dark on my list because it was listed as a record. But I was thinking, oh, it's a little short. It's only eight songs. This is 13 songs. It's a compilation of all three EPs, The Hope of a Spark, The Moment You Find Your Flame, and A Torch in the Dark. It's got some of the heaviest um, Atreyu songs I've heard and some of the deepest ones as well. Um, Let me pull up the track list because I didn't pull up the track lists for any of these. It's fine because I actually have the exact same number 12. (laughs) It came out of fucking nowhere. But a compilation? It's not a compilation. No, this is an album. Of, it's literally an album made up of three EPs no. that were already released. No, no plus it is. It has it, two or three, maybe four so way, songs that so weren't the, released beforehand. So the way that they released mm. this was very similar how bands release singles, but versus doing single releases, they dropped EPs that each told a story, mm-hmm. and then as the story was completed, that's where they it added built in. the beautiful it, dark it, of life. Yes. Yeah. So, several bands did that last yeah. year, and this album immediately went into my. I was sitting on the fence with these guys just because it kept being. They were listed the whole time, for, <coughs> whole time, and then when I took out the EP section for myself before we talked about it at breakfast, I removed them, and then subsequently they released the album, and I'm mm-hmm. like, perfect. They can stay in my top. They can stay right where they were the whole time, which was twelve. It was hard for me to put them anywhere else. But the fact that this is a full compilation album and it shows how the album grew because if you look at the album artwork, it is actually all three EPs on the album artwork with additional mm-hmm. accoutrement yeah, added to it. Because so. honestly, some of the the kicker and songs... And it's not a re-release because it's a brand new thing from this mm-hmm. year. So um, Some of the kicker songs are I. Yep. Um, Dancing With My Demons is really good. Um, Insomnia, the the beautiful dark of life, the beautiful dark of life, the title track, yeah, the last track on the record that culminates everything the together, story, the beautiful dark of life, yeah, the whole story, which is fantastic. Really nice. Yes, it is. And I said I was gonna go last, but you listed twelve yeah. for me, so, um, so there he is. We'll There's jump 12. on it together. May I'll I jump on that one together. May I jump in for a second? So I heard two of the EPs, but I hadn't heard the third one, and I didn't know that they came out with came out with this album, so. I'm just butting in about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, right. your turn. All right. 
so the story of this album, it wasn't on my top 12. It was knocked out by two other bands. But then as I kind of really went down and started to make everything a little bit more concise, I went down to how often I went back to the albums. And this album is my number 12. Everyone, even if you're not a fan of her, you know her. It's 1989. It's the re-release. Yours is number 12? It's number 12, yeah. All of, I got 11 albums that are better than it. Um, so many albums better than it. Um, I, and it came down, and what it came down to was the vault tracks. Whether you like her or not, you cannot undermine her mainstream success with those new vault tracks, especially um, uh, Is It Over Now? You can't, it mm-hmm. went to number one. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you can't deny it, and they're so good. Oh, they are. And they're such good songs. Um, and it's bringing, like, for fans who originally listened back to 1989 when it first came out, and then almost... 10 years later, you're listening to it again. It just kind of brings you back into that space. And they're just, it's just so good. It's Taylor doing what Taylor does. And that, and obviously with the parameters of what we were doing with the re-releases, I had a different re-release in here. And again, came down to how much I went back and listened to it. And this beat that one out. So, well, like, when, you, li- when you listen to 1989 Taylor's version compared to the original 1989, she did completely remaster some of the tracks to make them sound different in the way she actually wanted them to sound and not the way they wanted her to sound. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about this last year, and especially when, obviously, she is re-releasing all of her stuff. She is giving not just individual artists, single, like, bands, because these these record labels are trying to put in things where, like, oh, we don't want anyone doing what Taylor's doing, so we're going to put these clauses in. But she's like... Especially on the in the mainstream, she's like, listen, you deserve to own your music. You deserve to do whatever you want with your music. And that's exactly what she's doing, like you said, when she's changing up the production on some of these singles and stuff. So, Like, Michaela pretty much just listed my number two. 1989 was my number two. <laughs> number two? We will get there. Yeah. Wait, that number two? Yeah. All right, well, you know what? For we're me, on... personally, we're your on... dad threw my whole entire list for a monkey wrench with the re-release thing, so. Because Taylor was probably going to show up like six times. No, there, she only released two albums. Okay, so I didn't really throw it into a monkey wrench. You kiboshed another one. <laughs> I kiboshed. That wasn't even by Taylor Swift. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Like I said, I had to drop five albums from mine. I had to find five more albums. That could have just been a rule for just you. No, no, because I'm not going to sit here and just keep hearing about the, the same albums that we all listen to 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Well, actually, <laughs> no, you were really alive back then. So. He's showing his age. That's right. Good old 39. 40 minus 1. What's your 12? My 12 was Tell Me I'm Alive by All Time Low. It came out in March. I hadn't really. So my thing was, is up through Thanksgiving and now, I kept. Like re-listening to all the albums that were released by bands I like this year, so I could do this, because half of the stuff that got released at the beginning of the year, I haven't listened to. So when I listen to "Tell Me I'm Alive" by Tumblr, I'm like, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not like top ten worthy though, but like yeah. they had some pretty good singles off it. They dropped like four singles, and one came out last year. But like "Modern Love" and "The Other Side" were my favorite songs off this album. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sometimes that's the trouble with doing some of these albums is if they come out earlier in the year, sometimes the albums that come out later in November or December, they're in your mind a little bit more. So sometimes yeah. you got to go a little bit further back and realize, oh, yeah, especially oh, yeah, when I first listened out. to it. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh, yeah, this came out. <laughs> so we are able to move on to number 13 because Dave and I tag team 12. 
yeah. We're going to number 13. 13? I'm sorry, number 11. If you want to talk about number 13, I know who we could talk about. I have a 13. Well, um, I got (laughs) through 16. Anyway, uh, my number 11 um, is very similar structure of album um, to number 12. And it is a record that was put together by numerous EPs released throughout the year. Um, they pulled a few songs off of each EP, um, as well as singles that were released, as well as tracks specific to the record, which is why I allowed this to go on it. And it is Halloween Mixtape 2 oh, by boy. Magnolia Park. Uh, it was released on 1027 uh, of this year. It grabbed a bunch of singles from Soul Eater and Moon Eater EPs, as well as singles uh, like Do or Die and Animal. Um, and then they also had multiple tracks specific to the record, like the opening track, which was Emo Night Rhapsody, uh, Candles, which is my favorite song on the record, Such a good song. and uh, Fell in Love on Halloween. Um, Sorry, honestly, Fell in Love on the 19th, 20th. The, uh, the only snuff, in my opinion, with this record was not including Unholy Heart. I... Oh my gosh, when I was thinking of singles, I didn't even think of that one. It came out on an EP, so it oh, can't be right. as a single. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree with you. That, that song? was song of the year for me, honestly, was Unholy Heart, yeah. which is um, Magnolia Park featuring Devin Papadol of um, Revenge. Honey Revenge. Yeah. Oh, you're um, 100% right about that, dude. But yeah, no, this, this record was really, really good. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's long, it's 17 tracks. But that's because they have four of those like interlude transition tracks where it kind of leads into the next song. I think there's another band on here that has that for you too. Um, guy talking, being interviewed in between tracks. No, that did not make my list. Really? No, it did not. That was a good album. That was fan. Fuck. If if no one knows, we're talking Gideon's record. Yeah, Gideon's that record. one did not crack the top twelve. It didn't make mine either. Uh, no, that track that. Oh God, the story that he told in those interviews. Yeah, he, tell, he talks about his father pretty much the whole time. Yeah, and how he attempted suicide yeah, and yeah. his father died at the age of 26 or something like that. And yeah. it was great, great album if you have Yeah, absolutely. To Heavy as can be. Good out, good honorable mention right there. Um, But no, this record was a lot of fun. Um, and Halloween Mixtape 2 is just an honorable mention for me. Didn't didn't do me as well as the first I didn't one. listen to it. I'm not a Magnolia I don't blame you. guy. No? Um, I like the first one way better than the second one. Okay. So each their own. Yep. Michaela, you're number 11. That's why uh, we make why these lists. Over... <laughs> I thought Dave was... No, oh, no, 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 because we had the same you one last the same time. One. So. All right. So my number 11 is, again, this is the probably the type of artist who everyone will know. You might not be a fan, but uh, Olivia Rodrigo, sophomore album, Guts. Um, oh, oh, was Vampire on this one? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, I like um, that song. It's not in... I co- Essentially, for every song, I kind of listed three songs that really captured what I liked about the album. That is not in my top three songs. Not to say that that wasn't a great song, but it was one of the singles. Um, as a sophomore album, if anyone listened to Sour, it is the perfect kind of progression from what she made then to what she's making now. She's growing up. Her music is growing up. I think when we all listened to Sour, we were all kind of in our feels listening, trying to think back to when we were teenagers going through those kind of things. And now as a young adult, it's almost the same thing, but just in more mature circumstances. And I think um, more for me, mature. More, a little more mature, a little bit, like Get Him Back um, and Bad Idea, which was one of the uh, singles that she released on it are kind of those two. And then my personal, one of the softer tracks, Lacey, um, is another one of my favorites. So Oliver Rodrigo, Guts. 
That one was good. Bleh. Thank you. <laughs> Literally. Bleh. 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 I, I, no, I I can't knock it. I mean, again, it's not a uh, it's not an album that I per se I haven't listened, listened to. to it. It's not a genre I per se mm-hmm. I listen to, but this kind of why. I actually enjoy doing these shows. Exactly. Because I actually hear... pick up things yeah. that... Especially necess- you two, heavy... Uh, well, actually, you three pick up a ton of the heavy stuff, i.e. you guys can't say I'm pointing at Julian, Dave, yeah. and Josh, yeah. picking yeah. up a ton of heavy stuff. Yeah, but so. like I was listening to Juice World on the way up here mm-hmm. with Lexi. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm more, I of a two, I'm more of a Tupac guy myself. Understood. But... Oh. Oh. Yeah. but they're both dead, Lexi! Oh. They're both dead! <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna say. Time out, time out. How do wait? We have we're talking about two dead artists, right? Okay. Who have both released more music dead than they ever did alive? But Lexi, yeah, yeah. Fair. Lexi, I'm gonna tell you something. You are wrong because Tupac paved the way for Juice World. Uh, okay. I'm gonna so without and Tupac, I'm gonna, you I'm wouldn't gonna even have put Juice this World. out there. Okay, fine, Me, right. myself personally, I take Biggie over Tupac. Oh, let's not start this battle again. The Biggie and the I Tupac. Mean, I think it's style. I think it's if you, the more East David, Coast rapping David. to the more West Coast rapping. No, don't. I told. I told. Throwing them up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a West Coast that I, kind of harder, a little I, bit East Coast is a little again, more flowy. It, that's that's exactly what it is. So yeah. if you like Biggie, you're gonna like Jay Z. You're gonna like the East Coast stuff. It's just kind of what it flows into. For me, it's always been more West Coast rap because I think the West Coast and the Dirty South really integrate well together. Whether you're talking Ludacris, whether you're talking Ti. Again, we can go Tupac. See, we can I'm, go Dr. I'm bi- Dre. Dr. I'm big Dre into, influences Eminem. I'm big into the like Atlanta rap, which is like That's the future. Childish Drake. Gambino. Like, oh, okay, rap, rap. yeah. See, I'm not. I'm more yeah. into your T.I. Drake is Toronto. Yeah, whatever. But he he's so associated with the Atlanta group. But again, Toronto is very East Coast. That's just kind of where it integrates. Where if you, I mean, look who influenced them. J. Cole is. Louisiana. J. Cole is East Coast. Yes. Yeah. But again, it's a preferential thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Just throw it up. <laughs> They're both great. They're both great. They're both great. Um, But know. Lexi, blasphemy. My daughter. But hey, it's that younger generation. Exactly. You know? It is. It is. Okay. Just because uh, he's, he's like. He speaks to you. All I right. understand that. I'm sorry. Meredith, Meredith. What do we have for number 11? It's another album that was. The earlier of twenty twenty three, it's the Jaws of Life by Pierce Seville. It oh, came out February tenth. Very very Great. good. And not my cup of tea when it comes to 10, Pierce the Veil. But well, they dropped two singles last year because if you remember last year when we were talking about this, I still thought Pierce the Veil was going to come last minute, drop it in December. Yeah. No. No. We had, actually, Josh Josh had a band like that too that he was anticipating. I just remember that happening yeah. last mm-hmm. year. To, actually, to all of us, we were all waiting mm-hmm. for like that one band. I was waiting for Brand. I thought Brand was going to release one last year, and they didn't. And they even released one this year. And I was yeah. waiting for Pierce the Veil. And now this year, I've been waiting all year for Falling in Reverse because Ronnie said we were going to get an album this year. Nope. I'm surprised you didn't nope. have that as your single of the year. What? Falling in Reverse. Watch the World Burn. Watch the World Burn. Wasn't that released this year? It was. Yes, mm-hmm. but like I, I liked What Was Me Better. Okay, no, no, no. I'm but, just that. Yeah. No, yeah. I digress. I'm just saying. Cause yeah. I, because of, not to cut you off, but the live performance of that song. mention. I know, but that that song live. Oh, I know. I it's amazing. We, we it's amazing. We didn't get to watch it live. We left before falling played because we were there for blasphemy. Hey, we were there for slaughter. Blasphemy. We were there for slaughter, okay. and we were there for ice nine kills. Okay. Yeah, I get the that. The fact that Alex Terrible came out and did the scream parts in Falling in Reverse makes me regret leaving that show. Yeah, you guys should have stayed. Yeah. <laughs> it was raining. But, but um, okay, we were under a hood, and I had to work the next day. 
Okay. Dad being responsible here. But um, and you had school. My no, favorite can't. song off the Jaws of Life is Even When I'm Not With You. Mm-hmm. Josh doesn't like it. Plot twist. We're having it played at our wedding so I can dance to you with it. No, dance to me the... with it? Dance with me to yes. it? Because no, I love it that much. <laughs> and I think that everybody should take a song I'm not, suggestion okay. and listen to Share Trauma. I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm not saying it's just too slow for me. Yes. And what do you do at weddings? Dance to slow songs. We have so many already. That's such a good one. One of which is going to be a treo. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I don't get Taylor Swift, you don't get a treo. I never said that. Anyway, back to what we're actually okay. here for. Now, Dave, what David, is your number, number 11? 11. Oh, sorry, I'm just unwrapping Julian's little charger over here. He's hey, to... I'm not sure where to plug it in. Hallway. Dad life, yo. Dad life. Yeah, it's all unwrapped. Where, where do I plug it in? You'll figure it out. Julian, the hallway. Oh, All right. Bye. That's the closest outlet. All right, so my number 11, I actually introduced to all three of you earlier this year on the podcast when we were given suggestions about what we should listen to that's a little bit outside our boxes. Mm-hmm. And this is Skin Dread Smile. Yep. I never ended up giving that a listen. That's my bad. I I listened to Gideon. Motherfucker. <laughs> I listened to Gideon for you and you didn't listen to Blah for me. What the shit? I feel betrayed. Betrayal. <laughs> no, listen. It was a suggestion. We weren't necessarily supposed to listen to it. I get it. When did oh, we even do those suggestions, by the way? That was in the middle of the summer. Yeah, okay. It was when we did it. So, back to my number 11. Skindred released this album back on August 4th. So... As soon as I had heard this album, I knew it was a good suggestion, especially since it's an amalgamation of ska, yep. metal, and reggaeton. And it is reggaeton. just unbelievable. The best track on this album is Set Phasers, just because he makes the sound effects of phasers with his vocals. I'll be Pew. honest, when you suggested to it and I listened to it, I, I feel like it's one of those kind of genres where it's... I couldn't get into it on the first listen. I oh, had yeah. to listen to it a couple of times in order to really like hear it. You if anybody I mean? has Apple Music, you just have to see their cover their photo. Their band, <laughs> their photo is just... It's... It is such an amalgamation of and, human beings. Exactly. And the best part about it all, they're from Wales. <laughs> they were born from Wales? Wow, that's a pretty impressive that Wales can have humans. Newport, Wales, <laughs> out of all places. And I've been listening to these guys for a while. I've seen them live. I think they're really good. Um, I did not expect an album from them this year. I just kind of, they've kind of been on a back burner and then all of a sudden they came across my suggested and I was just like, I want to listen to it. And again, didn't surprise me how good the album was just based mm-hmm. on their track record. So no, I get you on that. Yeah. So maybe you should listen to it. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Don't worry. It will be on my list of listening to. <laughs> it will be on my list of listens. Number 10. Number 10. I have there. my only rap album on my list um and it is released on april 7th 2023 um by nf it is hope yeah. Um, oh yeah he won't shut up about this when it got released this record um good record. so yeah. for anybody that doesn't know nf and hasn't listened to him in the past he is a christian rapper um and a lot of his music was really dark um and this is one of the first times he's really had in 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 the name of the record hope um it's kind of a more upbeat record yes you do have your your dark stuff your sad stuff but you're going to get that with an nf record um the singles that released on this were hope which came out in february 16th uh motto which was uh march 9th and happy which was april 7th 
Um, it was re- it was a single released alongside the record. Um, no, it's just there's some really really good good songs on this Pandemonium, uh, which fa- uh, features Corday, um, and then the uh, there's one song that features Julia Michaels as Do you know well. These guys, Lexi, because I'm lost. Oh, I, I'm lost as well. It's the track with Julia Michaels. Um. Wait, the, the, no, I'm the, sorry. The, the, Careful. Um, working out person, Julian Michaels? No. No. Uh, uh, that's Julian Michaels. So, Pandemonium Michaels. is a, uh, just by NF. Careful is with NF and Corday. And Gone is it's NF and name? Julia Michaels. Um, I don't know. It's just, it pumps me up when I'm at the gym. Mm-hmm. It sets me in the right mood set for the day, the right mindset, the right mood. Um, and all in all, it's just a very, very well put together record mm-hmm. by a very dark artist. I personally like, I like this album. I've heard NF stuff in the past, but when I, when you recommended this album to me when it came out, I liked it a lot better than his earlier stuff. I, the careful with Cordae. Mm-hmm. I'm a Cordae fan, so I'm a little biased, but for that track, just the back and forth of it, that's my favorite track. Mm-hmm. So I can say great album. I'll just wait till we get to my number 10. Your time? Time for your number 10, Michaela. <laughs> All right, time for my number 10. Yay. So um, I am, Josh did a hip-hop album. I'm doing a hip-hop album, or rap, uh, Utopia by yeah, Travis Scott. Yeah, that record's uh, really, really um, good. For, I mean, Travis is obviously, he's a, he can rap, he can do the fast rap, typical rap stuff, and then mm-hmm. obviously he has his more trappy music, and then mm-hmm. he just, trappy. and then this one, he kind of, he did a little bit different stuff. Kind of like, like really like weird ethereal stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of ethereal. rappers have been fine are been Such kind of like word. going out of the normal realm of rap space where they're like, oh, you have to have the trap beats, you have to rap fast. Oh, so there is different have- types of rap, right? <laughs> so he's been kind of branching out a little bit and getting a little bit alternative, which some I rappers have murder. been getting. Um, but my favorite song is the more. Yeah, it has a future on it and it has SZA on it. My favorite song is Telekinesis. Does that have SZA on it? It does have SZA. It does oh, have SZA oh, on okay. it. And if it's my favorite song on the track, and it's just one of those songs where I can listen to it in any. It doesn't matter if I'm angry, sad, happy. No matter what mood I'm in, I can listen to the song, and it easily just like I'm floating in the air like SpongeBob in the movie, like when he's about to get like. Oh, with the Goofy strings. Goober, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I like, like I'm ascending when for, I listen to that song. So for me, and it might just be because I'm a Drake stan. Um, Meltdown is oh, my favorite song, song on that. Well, honestly, my favorite, some of my favorite songs, the two, my two favorite songs are Telekinesis, which have features, and Sirens. Uh, sorry, Fiends, which has Playboy Cardi. Freaking love Playboy Cardi. And then the only my favorite song personally with no features is Sirens. With yeah, just that song is really good. But again, like. I feel like Travis is one of those rappers who's kind of going out of the box a little bit. It's like you don't have to be this typical rapper. You can he's go just and trying do to, other things. He's trying to get away from Yee. He's trying <laughs> to get away from that Kardashian-Jenner curse. Yeah, you say that, but who was at the release album release party when he released it? Kylie. Mm. Travis. What? Travis was there. With Yee? Mm-hmm. Okay, honey. Anyways, my number 10. Meredith, what's your number 10? I don't even know if it's on your list, but I feel like it is somewhere. It's Elenium. By Elenium. Yep. Came out April 28th. Um, I, a lot of singles. <laughs> a it lot was of singles. a lot of singles, but it came out to be a really good album. Like he had Teddy Swims on it, Max, Skylar wow. Gray, Jaden Hoser. Um, 
Avril Lavigne, Travis Scott did a song together. Spirit Travis Box. Travis Barker. Travis Barker. We were just talking about Travis Scott. That's why. Um, he had Wooly and Grabbits on one. I love fucking Wooly. Um, American Teeth said the sky in VR Blue. J whatever JVK is is that supposed to be Jake? Juke. Juke. Or um, all time oh, no, low. It's, it's Jake, yeah. Motionless and white. Nina Nesbit. Like this album was like Courtney really good. Plant. Excuse me. I said Spirit Box. Oh, I didn't hear you say Spirit Box. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little peeved. Great album with so it was many so great good. features. And for me, it featured a lot of people I liked. So like my, I had a lot of favorite songs off this. Like Love Me a Little with Nina Nesbit. Nothing Ever After with Motionless and White. Oh my God, it was so good. Um, Back to You with All Time Low, Shivering with Spirit Box was Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Eyes Wide Shut with Avril Lavigne and Travis Barker. And when this came out is when Avril Lavigne dumped Maud Son. So like Maud Son put out his song, which was, oh God, what was it? Hold up. Maud Son put out, what was it, Karma? Yeah. No, it wasn't Karma. It was Strangers. He put out Strangers, and then after Strangers was dropped, you had Millennium's album dropped, and it was this one. And I'm like, oh, so who really was unhappy with who? And was this really a shocker to him? And then I freaking loved From the Ashes and Works Day 2. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a banger after banger after banger on this album. Totally agree. So good. David, you're number 10, sir. Did this not make your top 12, Josh? Oh, it did. We'll get to it. Okay. So I'm just going to, um, I'm just finishing some of my notes because I kind of was doing this off the top of my head, so I didn't remember dates and stuff like that. Um, a large majority of my albums are early year releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tendency of just sticking to stuff that came out earlier in the year. And um, this is one of those albums because it was released on March 17th of this year. Um, more of a rock than metal album. Uh, Theory of the Dead Man, Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Very good record. Such a great album. Uh, I love their rendition of Just the Two of Us. Such a different way of making it and turning it into more of a a breakup song, Mm -hmm. which is great. Title track, Dinosaur. Fun, fun, fun Mm -hmm. track. Um, They just always seem to have a really good pulse on the rock scene. Um, They seem like... Nickelback with all the douchebaggery. <laughs> yeah, Chad Kroger for the win. No, I, mean, I can I can agree with that. I yeah. I've always liked Nickelback. I'm always gonna be a Nickelback mark. I'm always standing in line. Yep. Hey, listen, that song he tells you he's a douchebag. He does. And yeah, guess what? Lately puts it out and, there. And people think you should be surprised by it when he actually was one. It is what yeah. it is. Um, but another back, another great man who lost Avril Lavigne. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but Theory of a Dead Man. I mean, they oh, have wait, not. And Travis Scott. Sorry, Dave. They haven't really. They. I almost feel like their albums almost always fly kind of under the radar when it comes to what what is released around the same time. So, like, Say Nothing was released back in 2020, mm-hmm. and it was so good. And it was just one of those albums that I feel like got really overshadowed by so many other albums in my playlist. So I made sure to give them a proper... Um, a proper attention this year and luckily it was released early enough in the year where it just constantly was put into my rotation and the thing I really enjoyed was that I don't really select an album when I'm listening to a band I select the band so the fact that that album's songs just kept coming up on Apple Music's rotation made it easier for me to kind of listen to it Mm -hmm. and I do like listening to albums start to finish so once I started hearing the songs more often like when I heard Dinosaur like when I heard 
um, just the two of us, I was just like, oh my God, these songs are really good. Let me listen to the rest of the album. And I mean, it it didn't fail. It, it did not fail from start to finish when it came to this album. So mm-hmm. I'm going Theory of a Dead Man, released on March 17th, Dinosaur. <laughs> Me and Theory of a Dead Man don't get along well anymore. Yeah. Um, Men, Julian. <laughs> oh, and ambu- by the way, boy. Ambulance. Yes. What a track. I know Julian likes that song a lot. I'm pointing at someone, but you guys cannot see. My, uh, Lexi. my number nine. Um, is a record that was released on 10-20-2023. Um, never expected this record to really come out with two of the songs on them because they were released in the first half of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Shame on Me by Catch Your Breath. I thought he was going to go somewhere else for a moment. Um, Such a good band. Such a good album. The first two songs, quote-unquote, that were singles for this record were Shame on Me that came out January 1st, 2022, and Dial Tone that came out on May 20th, 2022. The oh, remainder yeah, you of the, kept playing that in the car with me last year. The <laughs> remainder of the songs, I don't remember the dates they were released, but these are the other four singles off this record, was No Evil, Savages, You Should Know Why, and 21 Gun Salute. Yep. It was just a complete record, um, cover to cover, um... I'm trying to pull up the full track listing here. Uh, I just listened to it. Here we go. So it's a total of 13 songs, uh, six of which were singles, which is a lot, but it is what it is. A couple of really, really good uh, songs released off of the record alone were Cycles and Don't Go. Mm -hmm. Um, For their first major song to come out in this new... I'd say Umbrella of Catch Your Breath, where they kind of reintroduced themselves last year, was Shame On Me. For them to come full circle a total 22 months later from the release of that song, name the record Shame On Me and have that close your record. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, they they blew up last year with Dial Tone. That was one of the biggest songs to release last year. One of my favorite favorite songs, just a period. Um, And then, obviously, I'm, I'm a big fan of... You should know why in Twenty One Gun Salute. They're a little slower, but they still got that kind of heavy metalcore vibe. Yep. So, definitely a, a, a solid record from cover to cover. You like metalcore? <laughs> you think? Ooh, what a thought, Michaela. What's your number um, nine? So my number nine is again being the R and B stand of the group that I am. My number nine is Victoria Monet with Jaguar Two, and this album came out in. August, so uh, it's been out for a while, so I kind of had to get back into it, but man, oh man. Man, and none of you may know who she is, but you'll know someone. She has very heavily worked and is friends with Ariana Grande, so she actually released a song with Ariana Grande a couple years ago. I think it might have been during the pandemic to like 2020, 2021. Um, She's helped her write a few of her songs but she is also a solo artist she has been nominated on her own for her grammy this year i'm so proud of her um this album is a great mixture of pop a great mixture of r&b a little bit of hip-hop and just good fun in there and um one of my favorite songs is called stop in parentheses asking me and why i like the song so much and why i wish i could have seen her live is because like some of these artists who have outros to the song, she does a different outro for this song every single show. So, like, people may have seen Sabrina Carpenter for one of her songs. She does a different outro for wherever she is in her show. Victoria Monet does the same exact thing with this song. Um, 
and she's just such a fun artist. She's she does all of her own dancing. She's performs all of her own music live. It's just fantastic artist. So I recommend anyone who likes that kind of music check out not only Jaguar Two but just check out Victoria Monet. Chef's kiss. That's my number nine. Meredith, your number nine. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that it was last night, but it actually is because I'm following Dave's rules now. It's the four year strong holiday special live that they literally released on November 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to figure out which year of the show it was, and it was actually the 2021 mm-hmm. where they didn't play the Palladium. They just did it at Slate Hill recording gotcha. because, you know, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was the one that they live streamed, mm-hmm. which I watched it, and it sucked not being there live for it. <laughs> but it was really good, and like as I was like listening to it, I was trying to figure out, because I didn't, like, obviously when you get live recordings, you hear like the fans in the background and everything, and then it's like, there are certain parts at Four Year Strong's holiday show, and in their shows in general, where they have the crowd scream some of the lyrics, mm-hmm. and when it was just dead air i'm like what the hell this doesn't make sense they like recorded this really fucked up mm-hmm. but like my favorite songs live to hear from them which are on this album are we all float down here and get out of my head and my personal favorite song suggestions for you to ever hear just live not even recorded live in general are stuck in the middle and go down in history just just kiss and the holiday show they always change the set list it's always awesome mm-hmm. i went last night was great even if you don't listen to the vinyl just go go to next year's holiday show it's a grand old time granted some of the openers are shitty but <laughs> go you'll have a grand old time Dave, Dave what's your author so I've had to really play around with my list because again I just kind of was doing this off the top of my head and mm. I've had to move some bands out so okay. I will do quick honorable mentions before I get to what my number nine is okay obit culture Orbit Culture, I mean. I had to remove them. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them. Mm-hmm. They're Swedish metal. Anything the Swedes do when it comes to metal is unbelievable. Okay? And on principle alone, I had to remove Thy Art is Murder because of mm-hmm. them removing... They're, they're still a band. Yeah. Yes. Their lead wow. single was removed from the band this year due to something that happened within the band. And now it's Whitechapel's lead. And now... It, no, no, it's not. It's not? It sounded like him so... I thought it was the guy from Whitechapel, but it's not. It's somebody else. But... As far as I'm concerned, it's hard for me. I stand on principle as anybody who listens to our weekly pickums. I don't take the Vikings. I don't take the Browns. And you'll and, only take you'll take the Bears no matter what. And I'll take the Bears no matter what. I stand on my principles. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm standing on my principles when it comes to Thy Art is Murder. Um, the lead singer being removed from the band made no sense to me. Um, especially when it was just something that he stated and he's allowed to have his opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's just what it is. Yeah. So with all that being said, my number nine said. this year is actually a band I think Josh might have on his top ten, but he also might have the actual other band that came out with a very similar album. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Josh is going to have them, but I'm going with The Death We Seek by Currents. Oh, that oh. fucking record is so <laughs> fucking good. It's not on my list, but that record is incredible. Dude, it punches you in the throat. As soon as it starts. As soon that as it starts. That record is incredible. I mean, you cannot go... If you are a metalcore fan, you legitimately you need to listen cannot to this. go through this album 
and not be like, at the end of it, let me restart it. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It is 10 tracks. I've listened to that it is album on repeat. 40 minutes long, and it doesn't feel... How you can tell an album is good is you can go through it, and then you, at the end of it, go, okay, that was a good album. How you can tell an album is great is that you go through it and go, man, that album went by too quickly. I need to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. And that's what this album was to me. That's why it's in my top 12. It is a great album. There is another metalcore band. I'm not going to get to them. They did not make my top 12 because I didn't want to have so much of the same genre, so mm-hmm. I have broken it up this year. That's why I got some reggaeton. That's why I got some rock. I got plenty of live stuff. I also have my one re-release. But as far as metalcore is concerned, with Meredith mimicking my hand movements, mm-hmm. I talk with my hands. Um, <laughs> this album is the metalcore album of the year for me. It really is. It can't be topped by other bands that have come out this year. We've spoken about Gideon. There are a few other bands that um, we will mention, I'm sure, through your releases I think one of them is next for me. I think so, too, Um, just based on who I'm kind of saying here. But the title track, The Death We Seek, the first track on this album, again, punches you in the throat. And if you are a metalcore fan and you haven't listened to Currents, they've been around for a little while. This Their 2020 a, record was really, really good too. It was. This I'm is pretty a, sure I've seen them live. Mm-hmm. Th- yeah, I, we saw them live with uh, Ice Nine Kills. Nah, prior to you, bruh. Prior to we you, saw them with Ice Nine Kills though. I, yes, but like prior to me being. I with understand. You. But from again, it's just one of those things where the 2020 album was good. This one this just was took a it step to the next up. level. Like I don't think in 2020 I would have put Currents on a top 12 or a top 10. This album has really stepped mm-hmm. up for me. Where, to me, Theory of Deadman, their 2020 album was a little bit better, but they still make my top 12 just because mm-hmm. the album was good. Currents was incredible. Yeah. I am interested. I think I know who your next pick is. Mine is very similar to yours. Um, say it. It's, uh, just say it. Goes through way too quick. It. It's Fatalism by Polaris. Yes, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. That album is great. They're just very similar. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Did you know it? Um, I don't think he knew it, guys. Three three singles off this record. When you bring the kids, we all team up on you. Inhumane came out on May 26th. Uh, Nightmare came out on July 23rd. Overflow came out on August 24th. Uh, my personal favorite songs off the record are Nightmare. Um, one of the singles, and then the crossfire, um, the drop in the crossfire, it just makes you want to circle pit. I can attest <sighs> to this because he's tried to play crossfire for me about like ten plus times. It's to get fantastic! Me into it. It's such it a happening. great song. It was hard for me to keep it off my list. No, it uh, was hard. See, and I feel I think you're the same way. Definitely see for you where it's like straight through. Oh, you didn't get enough of it. You need to go back through it is how I feel about this record. And it's the same way to go with their 2000, I believe, 21 record, um, which, uh, 2020, The Death of Me. Same kind of thing. That record, really good, wouldn't make a top 12. This one takes it to the next level. My brain just did a little disassociation as soon as I heard him say The Death. My brain went, The Death of Peace of Mind. What? No, that was that was last year. Uh, let's not re- rewind that. But it was so good. Mm-hmm. So Alright, yeah. So my number eight, Fatalism by Polaris, uh, came out on September 1st. Michaela, your number eight. Michaela. So my number eight came out in the first two months of the year. So it came out a while ago. Um, it actually came out on my dad's birthday, so shout out to him. Uh, so my number eight is Paramore. 
This really? Yes. Really? If you listen is to it this, this is why, did. or is it this is why re? No, it's this is no, why. No, she's talking about the first one. This is why. The re- personally, the re-release for me, I liked one song off of it. There was a lot of techno vibes in there that I just personally couldn't vibe with. Um, just a lot of artists who, when they did their version of the song, I just I just couldn't get into it because the the Paramore version for me was just top tier. Um, again, this is one of those bands where they've been out for so long that some some people <laughs> don't like that they've kind of evolved into what they are now and they don't like that some of their stuff is a little more slower, less pop punk, more just kind of base alternative. Um, but me, I loved this album from and this is the type of album that i feel like you should listen to an album straight through one but this is one of those albums where you really really need to because i think they just flow they may not necessarily flow into one another but just the actual just the songs go so well and um my favorite for me is running out of time it's one of their singles it's my favorite of their singles um and then if you want to get deeper into it figure eight so freaking good and then one of their "Quote unquote slower songs" is "Big Man, Little Dignity." Such, there was one song on that record that I really, really like. Oh, and... "Circumsa" is uh, that's French. I'm definitely pronouncing it wrong. I'm pronouncing it how they say it in the song. Also, a great song. I mean, I just I can't. I could. I like, like you first. That's the song that I like. Fantastic. They're all like one through ten. It's a very, very short album. Ten songs, thirty-six minutes. Very quick. You listen it's to concise. it. It's concise. It's a very, very concise, concise record. I think it's perfect for what they want to do. I mean, Big Man, Little Dignity is four minutes and 20 seconds long. I think it's like, and again, it's one of my favorites. So I can just sit there and listen to it over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So good. Meredith, you are number eight. Well, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Paramore is like announcing a hiatus after this album tour cycle. Like, I think I saw something posted somewhere that after, since they fulfilled their contract and everything with their current record label, they're going on another hiatus after well, this. They're going on tour with Taylor. Well, after, so after the tour dates end, Michaela, I believe they're going on hiatus. And so my in thing tw- is, like is, so, yes, I know I'm only like two years older than you and Josh, but I grew up with punk rock queen Haley Williams, not this. Mm-hmm. And I was so looking forward to going back to that, mm-hmm. not um, this. Ever since... Um, self-titled it's been going in that direction oh i know the self-titled record which is my favorite paramore record was not misery business it was not crush 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 it was not um decode decode this was a switching to more of a pop alternative style record yeah you had your your sprinklings of pop punk this you could see coming a long time well she's hard times was a very different record She's technically not supposed to be even headbanging anymore because she herniated discs in her neck from all mm-hmm. the headbanging. She's in like serious PT for that shit. Well, I feel like it's just she one said of it on the Jimmy Fallon show. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, some bands they stick with what they've done all throughout their career, and then mm-hmm. some they evolve a little bit as they grow as people. And again, some people may not necessarily like it. I'm not a, the biggest fan of After Laughter. I think that was a lot more pop. Their slower songs were a lot more them, I think, and then you had the real pop singles. That's why when I think this is why, that's why I didn't choose this is why. It's one of my favorite singles because for me it's a little repetitive. So that's why I chose Running Out of Time. I thought it was a little different. Um, but yeah, I just, again, I didn't like the reimagined version of This Is Why. There's only one song with. Um, well, like, I've seen their, the way they've been going. 
because of the way because of where Haley Williams is in her life at the time like when she was with Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory whole different side of Paramore after she left him whole different Paramore now she's with what's his face one of the twin brothers that's in the band with her mm-hmm. whole new album mm-hmm. whole new wavelength yeah completely different okay fine my number eight is i don't even know if it made josh's but we saw him live this summer chef's kiss post malone's austin it didn't it came out on july 28th my favorite songs off it were morning and enough is enough my song solution for everybody's texas tea it's not everybody's cup of tea but it was really good and it didn't make my my the song i liked it but at the concert the songs sound incredible live um I know it has nothing to do with it being on my top. Seeing him like, perform. Seeing him perform dial, dial, drunk. dial Drunk with Noah Khan live. <sighs> in, so good. in Mansfield. So good. But like this album was really good for me. It's different than what he's done before. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he's already said his next album is going to be country. Like he's Which I'm literally all fucking about. He's trying to like make now his albums different mm-hmm. and try to be... Not just Post Malone, but he's trying to be Austin Post, which is what I got from this album. Mm-hmm. He's trying to actually be himself and not rapper Post yeah. Malone. I feel like I'm on the other side of like this, like you guys kind of are with Paramore. Is I like that he, as he's grown, he's changed his style of music. It's not my kind of style, but again, yeah. I can appreciate how he's changing and kind of going into different he's, alternative and he's country sober and pop and stuff. So he's I can sober and he's it. a dad now. This yeah. is what's happened, and it's so. also. My well, my favorite song by Post Malone is "Broken Whiskey Glasses," mm-hmm. <laughs> which Josh was supposed, I got was supposed to get it. They he was played supposed the, to get it, but he got dial drunk instead. They played the intro of that song <laughs> and then went into another song in the yeah. encore. But Poor anyway, Joshua. Um, and that's one of his slower songs. It's more of a, a drawn out kind of alternative folky song. Mm-hmm. But like when I know Post Malone, I know a lot of like the hype rap stuff. Um, but also some of his pop stuff is really, really good. Um, Chemical, Morning. Mm-hmm. But like, can we talk about how high Post was last year on my top 12 and how far he's fallen? Exactly, because it's Post a different... Post was my number two yeah. last year. It's a year. different record. And now he's number eight. Uh, David, your number eight. Well, as I said, I try to keep genres pretty much mm-hmm. open to interpretation, mm-hmm. but I'm following up Metalcore with Metalcore. It's just simple as that. It's just how it's going to work for me. Really? And I'm actually Dave metalcore. I, I'm yeah, going with yeah, the kings of metalcore. It. Been doing it for very long. Slipknot. They're not metalcore. No, they're no, metal. They're metal. Yeah. They're metal. Yeah. Yeah, but they're coming up. Don't worry. Uh, oh, I know they are. So, we'll get, my yeah, album of choice is the eighth album released by this band. It was released again in the first half of the year, May fifth, and this is the wretched, the ruinous by Unearth. Again, band I know none of you have really listened to that mm-hmm. much. Never of. heard of. Yes, they're actually Boston-based. Oh, been playing this area for a very, very, very long time. They're a very big band. Um, they've had their band members go and actually replace other band members in other bands. So at, when As I Lay Dying went through their shit, I think a couple of years ago, their guitarist Ken Susie went to As I Lay Dying to cover for as other band members were leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, Unearth is back together. All members are there. Released this album. 
it is again another one of those very quick hitting this one's 11 tracks 37 minutes it hits the way it's supposed to hit. Mm -hmm. As soon as you finish it, it's like, shit, that was so good. I need to listen to it again. Mm -hmm. And you cycle through the album again. And it just, it does exactly what I wanted to do from a metalcore album. Mm -hmm. Major drops, quick riffing, blast beats like crazy, and clean plus crunch vocals. Mm -hmm. So, again, I I know I tried to open up the the genre a little bit but I knew I had these two albums back to back mm -hmm. before I get into some other stuff gotcha. especially the re-releases and the live albums that will be coming up my next one my number seven is a band that easily could have made my top 12 last year but didn't because of how they released music they did it right this year and it's of mice and men's tether oh. record now I know you're not an Aaron Pauly fan. Uh, I know you are an Aaron, uh, an Austin Carlisle stan. I'm Austin Carlisle girly. You love you the octopus. You like his old stuff. I like the new stuff. The deeper vocals, the heavier, less like metalcorey fast. This is more chunky. It's a lot deeper. Three singles this year on a ten song record. Okay, let's just as opposed to last year, nine singles. On a what? ten song record. Let's just preface this for all of our listeners. I am a 2012 emo metal girly. Okay. <laughs> Three singles: War Paint, July 28th; Castaway, July 29, uh, 23rd; Indigo on September 20th. Record on 10/6. Um, in incredible songs. External or eternal pessimist. One of my um pump up songs at the gym when I need to hit a heavy leg press. Tether, obviously the title track, um, slow build. It's a love song. It does everything that it needs to do um, to be a title track of this record. War Paint is an absolute burst um, to open up the record. It's not the. It is the second song. Integration being the first. Um, but no, this song. This record was. Chef's Kiss, as we've been using a lot. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, okay, so for my number seven, Dave may have this band on his list, or he might not. Um, my number seven is Greta Van Fleet with Starcatcher. I don't. That's okay. I don't. Um, this is, for me, the type of band, if you've ever listened to them, they're bringing almost like classic rock, psychedelic rock, back now. Zeppelin. Exactly. Um the lead singer, his name is Josh. Um, three of his brothers are in the band, and Josh is the lead singer. His voice is just so mesmerizing. Like, you listen to it, and it's almost like you get lost in another world. It's like, it's one of those artists, there's a meme that came out last year, because I think he performed on SNL, and he did this kind of weird thing with his voice, and so it went viral. And everyone thought it was a woman. And when it came out that it was, in fact, a man, everyone was like, holy shit. And then you listen to their discography, and you're like holy shit what this band of brothers are doing is absolutely incredible and my favorite song um is called the archer and it's again one of those songs <laughs> yes to go off of a, another famous person who has a song called the sorry. archer um sorry mom again it's one of those songs and his voice just the high notes that he hits the runs that he goes on like i just i can't even explain how great this band makes me feel when i listen to him it's just everyone should go listen to him absolutely fantastic and it came out um and just in the second half of the year, it got released on July 21st of 2023. So, Greta Van Fleet, Starcatcher. 
Meredith. So mine caught me by surprise because I didn't even know that they were dropping an album this year. Mm -hmm. It is a local band from Andover, Mass. They started back in 2005 and it's Boys Like Girls. That jumped fucking fast. It's Sunday at Foxwoods. I when we were talking records this morning, that was not even on the list. Yeah, because you know, you woke me up after we went to a concert last night, and yeah, I didn't even know they were dropping an album. The last time I like, the first and only time I saw them was back in 2016 at the House of Blues for the 10 year anniversary tour for their original album. I didn't even know they got back together and started writing music. I was incredibly shocked by it. Um, they, I don't even think they really put out a, mo- a lot of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, signals? Not signals, but like posts saying oh. that they were coming out. Oh, gotcha. Like they did drop a lot of signals. Like not they a lot did of promo. Yeah, they didn't do a lot of promo for it. Like the last time they released music was like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And they put out apparently five singles, which was Blood and Sugar, which I knew that dropped, but I didn't didn't Register. connect in my brain. They also released Language, The Outside Cry, and New Love. But like my favorite songs off this album are The Outside, Blood and Sugar, and New Love. And for anybody to listen to, it's not like Boys Like Girls from back then, like Love Drunk or Two Is Better Than One with Taylor Swift and all that stuff. It's like better Mm -hmm. for me this is a better boys like girls than what they were and i would recommend listening to cry story of a lifetime and lost in wonderland which i didn't connect lost in wonderland to 1989 at all until i went on a huge tiktok deep dive by accident and i realized that the lead singer of this band did date taylor swift at one point and that's when Taylor Swift put Wonderland on 1989. So this is Lost in Wonderland's kind of connected to Taylor Swift's Wonderland. It's his response to Taylor all, all right. these years later. All right. Yes, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sick of Taylor Swift talk to? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> that's my boy. But what's your number seven, Dave? Uh, so my number seven was released on October 20th. Uh, very similar to an album that... Uh, Joshua over here released earlier, uh, talked about earlier. However, this is a uh, much different type of metal band, uh, more symphonic, um, more melodic. Uh, this album was released two different ways on the same day. So you got basically half the album released, and then you got the full cut plus a full instrumental. So this is my long run album. When I have to go out and I know I've got an hour run ahead of me or an hour and a half run ahead of me, <laughs> this is what I listen to. It's Bleed Out by Within Temptation. Oh, that record is so good. It is beautiful from start to finish. I, again, this is a band that we go to war, the opening track. There's no... I know we listen to a lot of, again, a lot of the metalcore scene, a lot of the female vocalists in the metalcore scene. They have these these beautiful melodic voices and then they drop into these deep, deep, deep gutturals that they don't need male vocals to help them with, whether it's Spirit Box, whether it is Otep, whether the, uh, Kitty, there's all these different bands that have these female vocalists who can do it all on their own. This one doesn't need that. They're, her range is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And 
I couldn't get enough of this album. I really couldn't. And then again, we can just go through their first six. Their first six tracks are all starred on on Apple Music mm-hmm. as populars. As populars, as high play, high turnover. And I know everyone here just keeps talking about singles, but we all know my rule. My rule is I don't listen to singles before a full album comes out. Yep. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It just doesn't happen that way for me. I just listen, okay, the EP is fully dropped. I'll listen to the full EP. Wait. A tray you got me this year, sons of bitches. <laughs> me and Gui got you as well? Nope. It didn't because no. I had already heard the full album. I had figured it was just going to be a single. They weren't going to be. I, I uh, thought. I thought when Ice Nine released their new album, well, their re-release, yeah. it was going to have more on it. Yeah. I thought we were going to get like a live section. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to be like the silver instead of deluxe edition, the four part. additional. Yeah, and three additional results. <clears throat> no, because uh, you got the symphonic. You got. Oh yeah. The so, I'm sorry. The orchestral version of Shower Scene. You got Meet and Greet, and you got the electronic version of Rainy Day. Rainy Day. Not a big so fan. yeah, and, and again, it, it didn't all work for me. This album, the fact that the way that they released it, they gave you the full album, and then immediately you go right into the exact same tracks, less the vocals. Mm-hmm. The, I think the last band that pulled me in that way was As I Lay Dying, because mm-hmm. they had re-released their album last year, and it was again. The full album. They're still a band. Yeah. yeah Even oh, with yeah. their lead singer in jail. No, he's been out of jail for a while. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their last album, which was released, was post his release from prison. Oh. And his problem is, is he's created turmoil within the band with some of his actions. Mm. But regardless of that, I like when bands do this. I love when they release an album and then they're going to give you that exact same album to then listen to with no track, no no vocal track. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like that's almost a better way to pull in fans of other genres. Um, one band that does that, but they release them like six months apart, yeah, is Ocean's Eight Alaska. Yes, yeah, they've put out so. all three of their records, and then as they... pure instrumental versions. Yes, which is how I introduced Michaela to Ocean's Eight Alaska because she's told me that she's not huge into the screamy and growly vocals, which is a lot of what OAA does. Yep. The instrumentals is what she likes about metal music. Yeah. So that's where I brought it in. Like, hey, but, listen to this band. But you, but you sent me Bleed Out um, from Within Temptation, and it was... So, I mean, I literally sent you a text. I'm like, a woman? Yep. A woman? Yep. <laughs> so I was like, I love to see that. Yeah, so. she's beautiful vocals. And... Yeah. She sneaks in some German stuff in there too. She does sing in German mm-hmm. as well, so that's all. That's a that's a big check plus for yeah, me. Right? Check, mm-hmm. Like like in elementary school, check plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, within temptation, bleed out. That is my my number eight. So seven, seven, sorry, sorry, seven. Um, my number six uh, does not need a lot of talking about because we already talked about it. My Bye. number six is self-titled Elenium. Oop. Um, I mean, your number two's already been blown up. Yeah, no. That record was insanity. Um, I, I've always loved Delinium, especially the stuff he does with Excision, um, because he's got that more. I don't know. It's really there's so many subgenres in music. It's not even funny. So like you have the electronic, like EDM, dubstep. I don't even know where to put Alinium because this record has everything. It's got heavy dubstep. It's got electro. It's got electronic. It's got EDM. Because yep. it's all different mm-hmm. because they all have these different nuances. It has the metal. It has the pop punk. 
it has the rock it has the pop it has the the acoustic it has the alternative it has everything all under one encompassing record and the fact he's had such success already and so much popularity and now is when he drops a self-titled record usually they're super early in their career he's been doing it for 10 plus years and i I didn't even know this record was coming out. I caught it like a month after it came out. I was like, oh shit, I didn't even realize he put out a record. Mm-hmm. And ever since I've been hooked. Yeah. I have it on vinyl. I've spun that record on vinyl. One of the only ones that we've spun since we got our new place is that record. Mm-hmm. So my number six, Illinium Self-Titled. All right. So for my number six, uh, I don't know if Josh or Meredith will have this on this li- uh, have it on their list, but... Um, Funny story, we, I got introduced from this band from going to a concert with another band, and they were one of the openers for this oh, band. Oh, okay. So, when we went and got then, tattooed? Yep. So then I listened to this band. I'm like, holy cow, this band is really, really good. My number six is Arrows and Actions. That record's so good. Last. Yeah, they didn't even they make didn't my list. They didn't make my list, but no. Which came what out on a record. It is a good 26th. record. Um, this was uh, literally, as I said, we were going to see Magnolia Park, and Arrows and Actions was one of the openers, and I listened to them, I'm like... Holy shit. The second we left, I looked up their music and downloaded it um, because they were just so good. And then just Mm -hmm. listening to their past stuff as well. Um, This is just one of those really fun. They're just like (coughs) pop punk, little bit of rock and tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of metal influences in there. Um, And honestly, if you want to get more of the rock influences, Seeing Red, one of their quote unquote Mm -hmm. heavier songs for them. And then just my favorite song is Put You Through Me. I could listen to that song on repeat all day, every day, mm-hmm. and never get sick of it. So that's my I mean, the, and then we went and saw this tour for them on and, your birthday. And, yep, and then I saw them on my birthday. And, and then I, were, it was hard for me to truly enjoy because, you know, my aunt was texting me that apparently we had tornado or hurricane warnings. Yeah. And my parents was in North Carolina, so I'm like, oh, my God, but if a hurricane tornado hits my house, and my cats get out. I was, like, freaking out through the show, and Josh was trying to calm me down, and I couldn't calm down. There's no calming. Mm-hmm. That would be a cat NATO. <laughs> shark NATO? No, 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 no. No, no. no shark NATO. Cat NATO. Meredith, your number six. My number six. I completely forgot that it came out this year. Um, shocked that it even made my list. It's Toxic Positivity by The Used. Yeah, that's I, a new lesson for you. I completely forgot they came out. Well, you know, Michaela, I am a emo girly. The Used was my shit back in the day. Um, didn't even... Yes, I know I'm fucking old, okay? But I'm not as old as Dave. I love you. No offense. Um, I completely forgot it came out. Um, It's really good. And I always judge my albums based off the first, like, actual song. Like, intros don't count. The first actual full song on the album. And the worst I've ever been is really good. But my favorite songs off this album are Headspace and I Hate Everybody. And it's really good. Like... I was shocked at how good this is, and now I regret not going to see them when they came around with Pierce the Veil. But, like, this album came out, like, the first half of the year. It came out on May 19th, mm-hmm. so I wasn't even paying attention to it, because what also came out in May, Michaela? Hmm. <laughs> no, we'll get to now. that record. That's oh, an honorable mention special. Yeah, we'll spe- get, to, get to another record that came out in yeah. May. Uh, David, your numero seis. Oh, so I guess... Hey, it's Michaela. Since we are uh, 
talking about May albums, here's my May album. Yeah. So released May twelfth. Um Mine was almost May. Mine was April. Uh so on May twelfth, um a band that I'm looking at Josh because I I'm hoping it's in his top twelve. Because if it's hoping? not, yeah, I'd be kind of surprised. Yeah, hive mind here. I'm surprised. Hive minding? Yeah. Because I'm thinking about what's remaining, and we have five albums remaining, and I kind of know a few of them that are going to be on Josh's. You know one for sure that'll be on Josh's. I know two for sure that are going to be on the top five. But he he hasn't mentioned this album, and it kind of shocks me. Amity Affliction, not without my ghosts. It it didn't make his list. God, that's appalling. So... (laughs) I will tell you why, and that's because when I listen to Amity Affliction, I am so in love with their older stuff. This album is a grand diversion from that older stuff. It's more screamo. It's more blast beady. I couldn't get into it. It was one. It was there. I will tell you right now, it is my number 15. It's right on that cusp of being into that end of the record. It, it didn't make it. It didn't crack it. Yeah, man. I mean, to me... It is a true evolution of what the band is. I feel like if you've been going through, and not just musically, but if you look at their cover work. No, I know. It's gotten a lot darker. Lead leads to, got a lot darker. Um, Chasing Ghost has a kid hanging from a tree. <laughs> can't get much darker than that. Yeah, you can't. can't. You really can't. So if you look at their album, all their cover art, though, you have... The kid in they this have ho- great cover art. No, but th- their cover art leads to this darker trajectory for them. And that's why I kind of have really enjoyed this album. I've went back and I've listened to their old stuff, and you're right. It isn't as heavy or screamy or as blast beady as this album. But again, I like the blast beats. I like that stuff. And again, you're going with the kid with the hoodie, kid hanging from a tree. Now the kid's standing in front of an ocean. Now you have a coffin. Now you have the heart. Now you have the ghost. Now you have the woman who is underneath the sheet having the ghost pull her in. That's how their albums have progressed. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, not without my ghosts. Yeah, I know you've enjoyed that album as well. So, but yeah, show me your God. Just listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's a very dark. Um, but again, it was something that I feel is the progression for this band. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have made my top twelve, my top fifteen, my top twenty years ago. I like where they've progressed with mm-hmm. the lyrics, with the story See, that they tell. That's the reverse for me. I one of my favorite records by them is uh, "Everyone Loves You Once You Leave Them," mm-hmm. their 2020 record. Yeah, that was a top three for me. I think um, in 2020. Um, I don't know. This one just didn't crack it for me. Yeah. Again, it's all pr- it's all preference because mm-hmm. I'm gonna get in- I'm gonna get into five albums. I guarantee you, none of you have on your top. Mm-hmm. On your top probably five, not. my yeah, top five does probably not fall on your and the, list, and, and I guarantee you probably haven't even listened to three of them. You probably, you two have listened to one. Oh, well, you've listened to two. You've listened to one. None of you have listened to probably any. Of them. I promise you, looking at my top five, none of you have listened okay. to any of them. I know I Dave's can, at least listened to two of mine. I can pretty much at least guarantee. <laughs> at least I think Dave's listened to at least two of mine in my top four. Probably. Um, I mean, top five. So, my number five, um, and we were talking about this with Within Temptation, of female leads. Mine's not a female lead. (laughs) This one came out of left field for me. I just randomly was just looking for something to listen to, and I was having a bad day at work. I just needed something heavy. 
And then I come across Symptoms of Survival by Dying Wish. Emma Boaster, the lead singer of this band, is an unreal badass bitch when it comes to her screams, her gutturals. And this is metal I like because I can understand what the fuck she's saying. Even though it's extremely low, it's extremely guttural. She has a little bit of singing in there. Uh, Two singles from this record, Torn From Your Silhouette, um, came out on April 5th. Uh, Watch My Promise Die. Didn't have a day, but it came out in July of 2023. Mm -hmm. But some of the the killers on this, Pray For Me, um, was a huge single on this. Uh, King of Judas. It's a short record. It's 11 songs, 32 minutes long. Um, The drumming, the breakdowns at the end of it just punch you in the face. It's definitely a a lifting album. It's when you're angry and you just need something to yell at. Um, We all need that sometimes. I never had listened to Dying Wish before I heard this record. I've gone back and listened to their whole discography and they're just heavy as can be. They're loud. Uh, they're in your face. They're aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how they made number five for me. <clears throat> I love finding bands. You just discover them randomly, and then you just do a deep dive of all of this stuff. Love that. Um, so my number five isn't a specific artist. It is a soundtrack from a movie. Oh. And that movie is Across the Spider-Verse. <gasps> oh, okay. Oh, okay. And such a good movie. Such a good soundtrack. Metro. The main executive producer, Metro Boomin. And the reason I love this album and I didn't choose a specific artist who might have come out with an album this year is just because of the group of artists who came together and made songs together. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say because of the Miguel O'Hara theme. Well, the thing is, is... Don't spoil the movie. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the movie yet, Julian. Don't spoil it. just talking about the no, theme. No, no, like yeah. The actual, like, the... The soundtrack that they put for whenever Miguel O'Hara is on screen. It's very it's very old Hollywood. Yeah. So it's like when you're watching certain when you're watching certain characters on screen. So like for example, if you go and you listen to the backtracking of the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. you know the Joker's in the first scene just based on the violin. Yeah. By the screechy violin. And you don't pick that up until the second or third viewing unless you're really ingrained in the movie where every time he shows up, you hear that yep. violin. It's very old Hollywood. It is a reason why where the rest of Marvel has failed this year with the Marvels, with um Oh, you mean the Thor, stuff I haven't watched? Like with I mean, anything that Disney has actually released has not been good this year. This yep. is where Spider Verse stands on its own. That's why Be- there was one good movie this year by like Disney. What? I don't know the name. Okay. <laughs> when you get that to it, let me not- know. But my thing is that's why Spider-Verse was so ahead of everything this year because it went old Hollywood. It went with following the music to a character. So when you hear a certain sound you in the movie, it, you know, exactly. okay, Miguel O'Hara has switched his attitude. Yep. He's now pissed off. He's going into his vampiric mode. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. I love that Julian brought that up. I love that you, you have this album on your... Th- yeah. it's if you Obviously, if you look at this album and you go, you got Future, you have Lil Uzi Vert, you have Jid, you have you James Blank, you have Sway Lee, you have Nas, you have Nav, you have Nas, 2 Chains, 20... Like, I can just keep going on and on and on. And the song that I really want to highlight is... Well, two songs. 
because it kind of go they switch. So my favorite song on the album just to listen to is Self Love with Coyla Ray and Metro Boomin. And then that's, you know, that's more of the hip hop, the, the more melodic. And then you get into Hummingbird with James Blake and you have those trap hip hop rap beats in the background. You just have James Blake vocals who are just such like his voice is just so gorgeous. And like Julian brought up is this this movie, the music and the movie go hand in hand. Like if this movie didn't have the music, it wouldn't be the same because obviously and the certain the way that they line stuff up great movie great album just and it, chef's kiss and it's funny because the only other disney soundtrack that you can say that to is guardians of the galaxy volume uh, three. Nope. Yep. wait what about what about um not thor love and thunder thor ragnarok that's again not this year guardians came out this year oh, as yeah. well guardians. the two good the two good marvel entries this year both had soundtracks that as you went through the movie you were like that music fits to yep. that scene. What happened to no good other Marvel movie this year? Guardians stands on its own because it's James Gunn. Yeah. Tell me when James Gunn has done something bad. Oh, okay, I can't name anything. Yeah. Now, now we're going <laughs> into Suicide movies. Suicide Squad was really good. Now we're going into movies. All right, and that's my number six. I'm oh, sorry, five. number five. five. Sorry. Five. So my number five is an album I never thought I was going to get. Mm. Ever. Because this went back to 2021. When Mark Hoppus announced that he was diagnosed with cancer, and I thought I was never going to get another Blink-182 album, because I he kept it quiet, and he'd been secretly undergoing cancer treatment for three months, mm-hmm. and then speculations were going around that Hoppus met with Tom DeLonge and Travis Barker so they could all work out their old problems, and he could tell them that they had cancer, and later, 2021, he, he announced he was cancer-free, and I'm like, okay. So I might get a new new Blink album. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool with that. Granted, I thought it was going to still be with Skiba, And I'm like, I can deal with it. I'll get another Blink album, whatever. And then it was speculated back last October that Tom was back working with Mark and Travis. And I'm like, nah, no. This is all a lie. I'm going to live back in my fantasy world. This is all a lie. But October 11th last year, it was announced. Tom DeLong back with Blink-182. Three days later... They announced a single called Edging, and I'm like, okay, this is this is great. Now where's my album? Yeah. Fast forward to September 18th of this year, they announced their ninth studio album, One More Time. And then One More Time was the first single they announced, which it came out, I think, like two days after they announced the album. Mm-hmm. The first few lines of that song, I was already crying. <laughs> Because of the lyrics that were the song, like in the song, like it was truly sad to listen to it because it literally says from strangers, from strangers into brothers, from brothers into strangers. Once again, we saw the whole world, but I couldn't see the meaning. I couldn't even recognize my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it literally says, I wish they told us it shouldn't take it to sickness. Mark Hoppus getting cancer. Yep. Airplanes falling out of the sky. Travis, Travis. Barker. Yep. And... It, it, I thought you'd be talking about UFOs if you talking about airplanes falling no. out of the sky. No, but like it literally threw, like I was crying in bed. Josh was like, why are you crying? And I'm like, if you knew the history of Blake 182 for this song mm-hmm. and then to follow up with one more, the one more time single, they released more than, you know. So it's like these three men who have been brothers for God knows, like decades, like years, like mm-hmm. when I can't even remember when Blink-22 started. They formed in 1992. Oh, yeah, so. 
So this is like decades of them being brothers to finally create this cathartic album of them healing Mm -hmm. and for it to be properly named one more time it's fitting it's fitting yeah and it came out on october 2nd 20th the same day as boys like girls so now i know why (laughs) that kind of got overshadowed for me but like my favorite songs were were dance with me which is like new blink 182 mixes the old blink 182 with the fucking round talking about masturbation and then fell in love which is kind of like the same vibe as um rock show Mm -hmm. And then one more time, which threw me in my feels. Yeah. But, like, it has new, like, making a new way for Blink-182, and then it fucks around with all their old shit, too. Like, they're bringing in all of their decades of writing music together, and it was really good. I was happy that I finally got another Blink-182 album with actually Mark, Tom, and Travis. And... Then they announced the tour, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go. And then one night, the three of us were sitting down here recording, saw that it was at Fenway, saw they dropped tickets. Josh agreed to go because Pierce the Veil was opening, and I found, like, $80 tickets so I could see Blink-182 this summer for probably one more time, because this might be their last... I mean, they haven't announced it, but I feel like it's going to be their last hurrah. Like, you named an album one more time, and then your tours one more time. You're probably calling it, because you're all really old now and you're having kids getting That's cancer when you get associated with a kardashian as well <laughs> well that and travis does have a lot of health issues mark has cancer travis and courtney just had another kid maybe they're deciding to actually grow up for once they'll never grow up oh no they won't never but so you number mer- five sir my number five is actually very similar to what you did what? so talking about a band it's been around for a very long time. Talking about a band that, unlike Blink One Eighty Two, has went through zero lineup changes. Um, <laughs> they have had they have had their their breaks, um, but this is officially their fourteenth studio album. Fourteen? Yes. Wow. They've been around for twenty six years. Have released fourteen wow. studio albums. Um, arguably, my single favorite live vocalist. And it's not even close. It's Alex the Terrible, isn't it? It is not. It is LeJean Witherspoon from Seven Dust. Oh. And the album I've selected came out this year. Uh, it was, again, another semi-early release, July 28th of this year, uh, is Truth Killer by Seven Dust. Hmm. Um, again, band I, I've been listening to since the first time I heard them on the original Mortal Kombat movie. That's how long the, that they've the original, been around. Dave, the original, not the re-re, not the remake from a couple of years ago that they're building this whole new universe off of. I'm talking about Mortal Kombat with, um, oh God, who Highlander was Raiden. That's how long ago this was. Um, no, these guys just constantly always put out good music. Actually, a mutual friend of ours um, from Carl's Collision, Brian, mm-hmm. is a big Seven Dust fan. Yeah. Um, he is. This album is, again, cover to cover. We talk about that first track. Mm-hmm. This first track, um, I Might Let the Devil Win, is actually an intro because there isn't much more to it. And then when you when you actually get the title track, Truth Killer, the album just hits. It, it's nonstop. And it is clear seven dust. Three vocalists, same guys from the beginning. You are talking about the same group of guys who have been making music together 
for 26 years mm-hmm. and they continue to put out album after album after album and it never disappoints and banger these... after banger after banger correct after banger yep they they are essentially actually no we can't even talk about that because that little band of misfits is essentially mm-hmm. broken up at this point with rich holland we're getting leaving. pete dunn back we're getting we're getting pete dunn with uh his mustache his mustache friend, oh, Tyler, Tyler Bate. Yes, we are. We're getting big, strong boys. Just get rid of Butch. Now just you, call him Tyler Bate. Just going back to WWE. Well, I mean, we're making friendships from many years past, and just like Blink One Eighty Two has been a friendship for many, many years, Seven Dust has been a friendship for many, many years, and we can coincide with Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate being friends for many, many years. Big, strong boys. Big, strong boys. But yeah, Truth Killer. Uh, title tracks, unbelievable. Superficial drug, unbelievable. Love and hate, unbelievable. Fence, unbelievable. Album just hits. Real again, this one's actually one of the longer albums. Uh, twelve tracks, fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's because Seven Dust does tend to put out longer tracks. Yeah. So that's that's why I put them. My number four uh, is very similar to Michaela's situation with um, Build to Last. Although this time we saw this band live in support of, um, in support of Arrows in Action. Yeah. <laughs> and they Wait. are they go by the name of Honey Revenge. Wait, is this your number four? My number four is Retrovision. It's my number four too. Yeah. Alright, so I Josh is gonna do his spiel. I'm not gonna mention mine since Wait. mine is the exact same band. Your number four is the same as Josh's. Yeah. Honey yeah. Retrovision, Honey Revenge. Yeah. And um and your loving fiance so beautifully pointed out that when we were at the show that they had vinyl so you could get one. Yeah. I was gonna get one eventually anyway. And I love Michaela's t-shirt that she got. It was like the best one. And the hat. The hey, hat. That the hat, hat kept you warm. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the venue was freaking freezing. Well, so like Michaela, nice enough. No, they redid it though. They redid it. They moved. And, well, they moved. They redid it. But like Michaela was nice enough to share her hat. Doesn't change the fact Alchemy's now. old as dirt. And Michaela um, also was extremely passive aggressive with a restaurant too prior to get us. That was out. funny. <laughs> but anyway. But um, no, I'm going to segue this real quick. We literally went to, what was the name of it? Union Street Brewery. Yeah, we went to Union Street Brewery. We were not aware that on some nights, all they do is reservations only. We walk in, saw there were empty tables, asked for a table for four. They're like, oh, no, reservations only. So literally, Michaela goes online to that Table Square app or whatever, books us a table for like 15 minutes later, walks back in, different hostess, so walks back in like, yeah, we have a reservation for four. Hostess never even told the waiter that we were his table, so they didn't come to us for like 20 minutes later. We ordered our food, ordered our drinks, and then I was like, um, can I have utensils? And the waiter was pissed because the hostess also never gave us utensils. It was a very spicy start to a good concert for these three, counting Jill, because Jill's not here right now. So, no, I mean, this record was a lot of fun, and... The, the way they describe it uh, is pop rock. It's not pop punk. It's punk. It's pop rock. Um, Which is interesting, but hey. They have put out a total... Pop rocks? Like the candy? A total yes, 12 songs on their, dis- on their entire discography, 10 of which was this record. Yep. Um, They're still relatively new. 2022 is when they started. They're based out of California. Um, Devin has done some incredible feature work. Uh, this year with uh, Broadside with Mag Park, yep. um, she did a song with um, it's called Cobain. I can't remember who she did the song with, but anyway, 
incredible, incredible vocalist. Two singles, Distracted and Rerun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rerun was released alongside the record. Um, let me pull up the remaining tracks. It's just such a fun record. I'm not yeah. a huge pop punk fan usually. Um, he really isn't. I've I've started the change, people. I've done it. But, I've created it. No, but what he, I 100% agree is this album is just, it's fun. Like you listen to every, I mean, obviously they're like Murphy's Law, Sensitive. Some of the songs are a little bit more like in your feels, but like such a fun song. Habitual. <laughs> Habitual such, punches you in the face. Such a fun favorite song. Favorite song. To listen to. Favorite song. Good song. Honestly, Fight or Flight is one of my favorite too. And then just the opening track, Airhead. Airhead. It, it's just—it's a great title track. It's just—it's it's, a party. This exactly. band is a party to watch. And they're chill, and I love what they do on social media. They're so active on social media. They've replied. I know they've commented and replied to me on stuff. Have they? Yeah, they have for me as well. Josh, when I posted that we got the tickets, exactly. she—they shared it to their story and they like just their posts and stuff. And they're replied. such a, yeah. they, I'm not saying they're such a small band, but they're still so it's small that they actually like pay attention interact. and care care about their fans. Exactly. Um, which is a huge thing, yeah. uh, especially nowadays. Um, but yeah, so ironically, both of our number fours, uh, Retrovision by Honey Revenge. So, Meredith, <laughs> now it's your turn. So my number four, I didn't even know this was going to be released as an album this year. Um, it's Certified Antidepressant by Taylor Acorn. Oh, love Taylor. It's a great I, She blew up for me on TikTok. Like, I forget how she came across my tiktok but it was songs that she hadn't released yet it was really good um she actually was a feature on baku's revenge with halloween um with uh, mag park with mag park on misfits which it was great and she dropped a lot of um of the songs that were on this album as single like singles so like psycho was a single in 2022 Mm -hmm. i think i'm in love was a single in early 2023 certified depressant and coma were both early singles Mm -hmm. she actually re-released coma with the queen of pop punk from taking back um not taking back monday um i can't talk taking back sunday not taking back sunday um hey monday cassidy pope but she certified depressant came out on september 22nd it's i think like only eight songs Mm -hmm. most of them like one, two, three, four were singles, but it's a really good album. She basically made it out of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally loved. I think I'm in love. I think I overplayed it for Josh. Good enough <laughs> was great. Psycho's great. Coma's great. Famous last words are great. It's a good album for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also pumped because we got to go see the Somerset earlier this year because mm-hmm. they were touring um their their album blossom that came out last year that was on my list last year and she opened for them i was really sad because we all know the lovely trick that sound people do to the openers mm-hmm. and it made her sound really shitty yeah. but like if you actually listen to her album it's very good mm-hmm. um it's very well love good songs about heartbreak and cathartic heartbreak it's yeah. really good and I can't wait to see what she puts out in 2024 because I know she's going to come out swinging with better music too. Love, love, love. Dave, you're number four. So I actually made a quick audible because oh. I decided that I was going to remove something that you can't get digitally. Oh, okay. Um, 
there is an album that was released this year that was just a vinyl release, non-digital release, um, and it was just to fulfill a contract. But man, it was a really good album. Um, that was Slipknot's live at MSG. It was one of the last tours that they did with the original members. Mm-hmm. Um, great album. Um, it's a must listen if you're into live music. With that being said, I already had another album in place for it because this is, again, I'm going back into my deep catalog when it comes to bands that I've been growing up and I've been listening to. And these bands subsequently have just constantly released incredible albums, whether it was Seven Dust at Five or These Guys at Four, which is Fear Factory reindustrialized. Mm-hmm. Um, again, true innovators of the blast beat. Mm-hmm. True innovators of electronic metal being mixed with heavy metal. Um, everything just sounds so robotic with them. They're incredible. And it's funny because you have them now having the bassist from what was Static X as their new bassist. Um, Didn't Wayne, what's his face, die from Static Wayne Static X? from a long time. Yeah, he yeah. passed away years ago. Yeah. Uh, they replaced him with um, the lead singer from of Dope. Dope. Um, I'm waiting for them to release something. They've released. They're actually going on a tour. Yes. The three of them: Dope, Static X, and Seven Dust. Yes, it's going to be an incredible tour. And the thing is, the lead singer is going to be pulling double duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fear Factory reindustrialized. I don't have to go through the uh, the track listing here. This is an album you just listen to it, start to finish. You go and you spend an hour just listening to this album, and it is just hit after hit, and they flow one into each other. If I'm going to name a track, it's Religion is Flawed Because Man is Flawed. Just a track. The title of it is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But then listening to it is just, again, more flow, more electronic blast beats, constant, 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 punching you in the face with that true double pedal that a lot of bands have imitated and never duplicated. Mm-hmm. So Fear Factory reindustrialized. My number three. It's going to shock a few people at the table. Does it match me? Let's find out. My number three was released on October 13th, 2023. <laughs> it is The Surface by Beartooth. You're not high-fiving me. Let's go. So you're both three with that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's low. I remember really saying earlier in the year that if Beartooth drops an album, it's going to be my number one. Exactly. Yeah, he did say that. He I said, said that, that a lot. Times. All, all the time. And I knew Beartooth was going to be his, not going to be his number one. Did we pop the mics accidentally? No, he didn't. Okay. But I knew it wasn't going to be his number one. I so, knew something was going to come out that was going to be better for him. Ironically, two records that came out before it uh, um, yeah. took those pl- uh, places above it. Um, ironically? Nothing to say that this wasn't a fantastic record. I'm a Beartooth mark. They're my favorite band. Every single song on this record hits one way or another. But it's also the fact that we got most of them as singles. Well, not Five of out of the ten songs were singles, yes. But a lot of people have been pointing this out to me, and I'm really starting to notice it, and it's not going to turn me away from being a Beartooth fan. They're still my favorite band. They're my favorite live performers. Everything sounds the same. All of the breakdowns, all of the buildups, everything sounds similar. Not the same. Tiago and I brought that up. It almost felt like they reached into their back catalog. Exactly. But the thing is, it's Caleb writing all the music. Caleb writes it all at home, and then the band goes in and performs it together. Caleb's the one solely writing it. He was for the first five records. Sick, disgusting. He still is. um, Aggressive. 
disease, disease below. Even if he isn't, you can see the influence because, again, yeah. and this isn't a knock, a lot of great bands do this where they have a certain formula, A, B, C, A, B, C, and mm-hmm. they follow that formula, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. To me, when I listened to this album, which doesn't crack my top 12, I kept hearing, hey, that sounds a little bit like Below. Okay, that sounds a little bit like Disease. That's okay. I've I've said this in as much as I love Below in the Surface, Disease is my favorite Beartooth record. Yeah. Will always be my favorite Beartooth record. Unless something obviously comes out that beats it. Yeah. Is my favorite. It's what got me into the band. It's what got me to find all there. My first ever live metal show was the Disease Tour. Yeah. Which is what helped me get You're into welcome. this genre. No, I didn't go with you. Oh, we went to it. Oh, we went to disease. We went to disguised. disease and disguised, which was a co-headliner with Motionless. I went to disease with my buddy Chris, and it was Siler, Knocked Loose, and Beartooth was that record, or was that tour? Um, you have anything you want to chime in about the album? Well, my thing is, so we got Riptide last July, July twenty twenty two. We all knew the album was coming. We were hoping it was going to be some point this year. So we went through the teal green phase of we went Beartooth. Through the teal phase, and then, then the yellow April, phase. Oh, it, can I get there? And then we had sunshine in April, so now we were in the yellow phase. And then we got Might Love Myself in July, so then it was pink. And then and Doubt, that released. And then Doubt Me uh-huh. came out in August. And then we're like, okay, this is the pink era of Beartooth. Beartooth. It's all about love. And then September 15th, we had Better Me with, Har- with Hardy, which I still don't get why Michaela can't vibe with that song. He's, he's a horrible artist, and I know this is really, really, this is a lot to say about an artist. I... I've never seen him live. I watched a live performance of him. He was a horrible performer. He was performing on a backtrack. He wasn't following it. It wasn't interacting. It was horrible. The song itself is a bad song for me. They're not on my top 12 because of that fact. I. It's really hard to say, but personally, that song ruins the entire album for me. They were in my top 12. I kept listening back to it, and then I get to that song, and I can't. It it ruins it for me. But it's, like, and it's him. It's not Beartooth. I know. It's, it's Hardy. It's Hardy. I just... There's not many artists who I legitimately hate and can't stand to listen to. He is one of those two artists who I legitimately can't stand to listen to. And it sucks, because it's a fantastic album, like Josh has said. Point it out. But, like, here's so my thing, bad. though. You so dropped bad. five singles before this album came out, and it's an 11-album it's an eleven song album, so you pretty much dropped half the album before it came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I hate that most of my favorite songs are the singles, mm-hmm. but like their most recent one that they're, I think they're trying to dub as a single, which they released a, it's a single before, is "I Was Alive," yeah. which I think is a really good song for them. Mm-hmm. It, but they're changing the way they write albums. It's not as aggressive as aggressive was. This is. The first time Beartooth in their 10-year history have put out positive music. Because everything Caleb's is Shomo's depressing, clean, negative. He's sober. He's finally loving himself. I, I do find it odd that one band goes in one direction that Josh was a huge fan of and went more aggressive, and they don't make his list. And another band goes more positive. Than aggressive. Than mm-hmm. aggressive. 
and makes his list. I'm more, no, I'm not saying like no, no. I'm talking about the, like Amity versus Beartooth. Yeah, is what I'm talking about. And again, it's the, it's the it's out. the it's the change of sound because mm-hmm. even, because sick. Their first EP they ever put out was extremely raw. Oh no shit! And most EPs should be that way. That's why it kind of throws me off that so many bands are releasing EP formats now because EPs are meant to be raw, not this clean versions of EPs that we get from so many bands yeah. nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I I like that. I like the evolution of bands and seeing Beartooth go into their quote-unquote happy phase is a different sound from them. Mm-hmm. But again, it's hard for me to go and when I listen to their back catalog, it's like, man, that catalog is so good. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Especially when I get hyped up for pre-marathon. Like, I put on below. below. I yeah. put on below. It, it, when, when I've run multiple marathons, it's yeah. been my hype, my hype track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michaela? Top three. So, um, dun, dun, dun. so my top three, probably all of you have heard of them, whether or not you listen to them. This is actually their second album that they've all came out together. Um, this album came out, let me see, came out first quarter of the year, last day of March 31st, 2023. Um, this is The Record by Boy Genius. Um, mm. I knew that was going to be somewhere in your top three. I, My uncle has been a big influence on me in terms of indie music, and he is actually a huge, huge fan of Phoebe Bridgers, who was one of the members of Boy <gasps> Genius, to see her live. and we got—I got to see her open for Taylor Swift, and it was one of my favorite. She performs one of my favorite songs of all time, and I saw her perform it live, and um, it was fantastic. And then the same thing with—I wish I could have seen Boy Genius play live, but this record, no pun intended, is just—it's so raw, and it—it it like it's one of those albums where it makes you feel something, um, and in that. For me, first track, Without You, Without Them. So short, so quiet. It's literally just essentially them, all three of them, acapella, with Lucy leading them. It's just so emotional. And then when we get into kind of the more upbeat of their songs, it's $20, because then at the very end, we get that Phoebe scream that I'm so obsessed about that she does in her uh, solo music. That and then got to see live. That too. I got to see live and videotape it. And then... um Probably just my favorite song for them. It's just more just ironic because Julian is the one who takes lead on this song, a Satanist. Julian um, takes a lead. Wait, what? Julian Baker, who is the other one of the other members, um, uh, she kind of takes the lead on Satanist, and she just has such a great voice and such a great vibe. And I just love this band, and I love this album. It will be one of my favorite records of all time. So that's my number three, Boy Genius. David, your number three. Live album quota met. <laughs> Best live album of the year. Period. Bar none across any genre. I challenge anybody to give me a better suggestion. Slaughter to Prevail, live in Moscow. I didn't even realize that came out this year. I thought that was last year. That opening track where they say, Run, Suka, Run. And it is the crowd bellowing that is all you need to listen to. Mm-hmm. This album was released on June 30th. And cover to cover on this album, it is something I keep going back to. But this is the this is the sign of a true cover to cover album. Mm-hmm. Is that you are playing this live in front of your home countrymen. And you are just hitting every single song. When he bellows on all of the tracks. First of all, Alex has the best 
deathcore growl there is. Again, I challenge anybody to give me a better suggestion. But Alex is one. And then there are a bunch of guys who go two, three, four, five, six. Yep. But Alex is one mm-hmm. from everything that he can do with his guttural. Vocally, yeah. It's ridiculous. I know I mentioned Bonebreaker, which is a track that they open up with. And it's actually the track that we saw them live and they opened up with. And again, you get the crowd anticipation where run, Suka, run. And it just drops. The whole song just drops out. But for me, it's Bratva. Mm-hmm. Broth is my track. Yeah. That that was my track last year when their album came out. That's been my track ever since. And it's when they introduce Alex the Terrible, and then he comes in with that growl. And it is... There's a reason why he fights bears. Because you can't tell the difference between who's winning or losing the fight. Because his growl is so deep, it is a bear growl. And met my quota, live album, check. Um, I'm only playing Josh. But... This album is a must listen to for anybody who is a fan of Deathcore. Mm-hmm. Period. Alex has not, I don't think Alex has released a bad track in his entire career. He's done covers of some great stuff before Slaughter to Prevail, whether it was his cover of Linkin Park, his cover of yeah. Slipknot. Like it is, he has such a crazy range. Um, he can't hit what Chester Bennington hits, so what's he do? He adjusts it to his own personal growl. Mm-hmm. But. Oh my god. RIP. This was this right here was my these guys had my track of the year mm-hmm. with with Viking mm-hmm. and this is my live album of the year and his number 3 album of the year totality for me this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, top 2. Top 2. My number 2. A band that took the world by storm. Oh, we have the same. We're the same again. <laughs> May 19th, 2023, Take Me Back to Eden by Sleep Token. Yep. Can we not talk about Sleep Token? No, we're going to talk about Sleep Token. For valid reasons. We're going to talk about Sleep Token. Deftones makes better sex metal. I mean, agreed. Um, This band came out of fucking nowhere. Depressing thing. They have impact. They have incredible um, discography, be it two records and a few EPs. But unless you knew about them before January 6th, you had no idea who these guys were. I Still, don't. people don't know who they are because they are an anonymous band based out of the UK. There are their speculations as to who is each member, but they go by Vessel 2, 3, and 4. And which, the Vesselettes. Don't forget and about the Vesselettes, yes, which are the background singers. It's basically Ghost, but Ghost is better. Dave's not wrong. And I haven't seen Sleep Token live, and I know you guys said the, the concert. I, I base a band on its life, and it was so hard to get tickets to see them. That was the problem mm-hmm. for me. Now, I want to see them live. Mm-hmm. I want to give them a chance live because the music, the, the, the album is... It's called They Need to Play a Bigger Place Than the Palladium. I think that's the problem, too. They always play small venues. Well, they, ha- they started, they sold out. They sold out Radio City Music Hall in New York, and they sold out... They've sold out Wembley. And Wembley and Red Rock. So, so going... they should have been playing at the Garden, essentially. Well, that was before... That was before, before... this tour, when they announced a small yeah, venue crazy, tour. Dude. Now they're going to be an arena band. There's no now questions they're, they're, asked. Now they're getting bigger. They yeah. have to, because, yeah. again, I'd like to see them live. Because You I... think, because 
they didn't need all these lights and fire and smoke and all these fancy things that you get from a lot of just the the presence of vessel alone the place was packed front to back in the palladium normally when you go to a show at the palladium that's it's sold out but like half the seats in the upper venue are open and you can like exit last with, night like, was move so- last night was sold out and, and you can, there are still seats you can open move upstairs. around down in the floor a little bit no this was sardines fucking wall to wall for this show and they came out of nowhere and what really makes this album to me is the amount of genres included they have funk, they have electronic, they have metal, they have alternative, they have um, a, um, orchestral. And it's trap beats. Exactly. It's everywhere. There's rap, there's um, depressing songs, there's angry songs, there's happy songs. And it's the story, the culmination of this trio of albums, um, which was um, Sundowning, Sundowning, This Place Will, this be, place your will be Your Tomb, and Take Me Back to Eden. All about this story of this entity, woman, man, whatever you want to call him, of Eden. Eden is a person. It's not a place or a concept. Eden is a person in this story. Um, and it's vessels returning to Eden. I like just the story. I'm so... When I heard this band, I it was the summoning. And then I listened to Vor. And I was like, oh, wow, you go from... They did have a little bit of heavy stuff in the summoning, but then you get to the actual prolonged heavier stuff in Vor, which gets a little lighter. And then and then it goes to Aqua Regio, where it's a little bit funkier. And then you get uh, Do You Wish That You Loved Me? And then obviously the apparition and then ascensionism. And then I just think that this band the story that they tell through each song and then just the entire, and then you get to the last song of the album. Um, I'm sorry. Um, you get to Euclid and mm-hmm. then it goes back to the uh, end of that song plays back to, to the, the first song right. on their first, exactly to, um, the, uh, uh the, the night does, not the night does long to God. And then it just, it's all, like you said, it's all a story. And I just, and at the concert, um, I haven't been to as many concerts as all of you, but out of the concerts that I've been to, that was one of my favorite because there was a quick opener. They came in, they performed every song. There were two or three, like... There were four intermissions. Four intermissions of what? Like five minutes, maybe Not less? Not even. Two and a half. And it was talking out. portions. Obviously, people were screaming, so you couldn't actually hear yeah. what the vocal track was saying, but, but it's the background story yeah. of what Eden is yeah. Eden is and it's it's vessel talking to some god or something like that exactly and I just like how they focus on the music when it comes to their social media and the anonymity of it mm-hmm. and then the same thing with their shows they focused on the music it was anonymity obviously people they do put on a show they may not two three and four interact with the crowd vessel does a little bit but not as much because obviously he his mask can't come off so he tends to not do as much but they were so fun on stage and what I see on social media. And I just think that their music is fantastic. There's a reason and, why I got it tattooed on me. So, And with the new masks that were just revealed before the Wembley show, oh, we're getting a crazy. whole, we're getting a whole nother band. From, it's yeah. going to be a completely different thing so, next time. Next time they put out music. Yeah. And I'm just hoping the next time you guys go see them, nothing traumatic happens and I'm not going through my feelings. Nothing 
my grandmother died the day the day oh. you went to the show. Yeah. So I, I immediately was like, yep, nope, sleep token, not for me. <laughs> Cor- Going through the trauma. Correlations, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What do you got for your number two? Well, Michaela already said it, but mine's 1989 Taylor Swift's version. Because I... 1989 is not my number one Taylor Swift album. It's my number two in general. I loved 1989 when it originally came out. Um, Josh already knows it, even though he wants to deny it. But when... Also, for me this year, I went through watching Bridgerton. And we know with Bridgerton, they do um, orchestral versions of like famous songs. Mm -hmm. So they did an orchestral version of Enchanted from Speak Now. And I saw a guy on TikTok who does DJing for weddings and it has, um, it starts with like your party going out to Enchanted. Mm -hmm. And then when it gets to the point where the bride goes out, it's the end, like the end minute and a half of You Are In Love, which is one of my favorite songs from 1989. Such and the way she remastered You Are In Love, it makes me so excited for my own wedding to do this. Because, like, I love how she remastered You Are In Love. I love how she remastered I Know Places. I because love that. it was so good. The way she remastered Wonderland was awesome. Um, and then when you get to the vault tracks... I'm sorry, Harry. We all know Harry Styles is in, like, a better... He's a better human being now, but the way she roasts him, and now that we don't talk, and is it over now? Like Harry, Harry's in man jail. <laughs> I just think in terms of her vault tracks for everything that's just come out so far, I think they are the strongest in terms of writing. Yes, I think the lyrics have been some of the best. Maybe Red they have had some really good ones, but I think I think 1989 again, and I just think it represents yeah. who she was then. And I think it resonates to with who everyone, uh, who a lot of people are now, who listen to her then are now. Like when Dave told us he only wants us to put one re-release on the list. For me, when it came to putting which Taylor Swift album I want, it came down to the vault tracks. Mm-hmm. And yes, I was a fiend for Electric Touch with Fall Out Boy when it came out. I was so pumped for it. But the vault tracks to Speak Now in 1989, 1989's vault tracks are so much better than Speak Now's. In my opinion, I agree with that. So, I mean, I know there's probably other Swifties out there who have their own opinion, but 1989 was my number two for me. Mm-hmm. And then, Julian, you said... Yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I almost just skipped over your dad. I was going to let you, no, go, you first, can go first. But... No, no, no. Okay. So, I am, again, going back to a band mm-hmm. that has been around for a very fucking long time. I didn't bring up one Swedish metal band. Orbit Culture. I'm going to bring up the one that was my album of the year until I decided it something else came out and I had to move it. Yeah. And they didn't come out far apart from each other. And up until today, this album was my album of the year. Okay. And I decided to change it. Just because of what the next album really means. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are going to the Jester Kings. We are going to In Flames, Forgone. The album is what metal is meant to be. They have never released a bad album. And they have been releasing albums forever. Mm-hmm. And it's always been this center character, the Jester. And the Jester... if. People who have Apple Music, 
can see him bearing the souls as he is bringing it's, them up to wherever he wants to bring them. Cover art. The cover art is incredible. This is, I believe, is this their 14th studio album? I believe it's 14 for them. So we're talking about another band that has wow. a very big discography. Yeah, they've been around since 1999. Yes. Was when they first out. That's insane. Yep. Uh, this album was released February 10th. And as I had mentioned before, and I know Meredith always picks on me for ha holding on to albums for a long time. This album is this album. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to listen to something that is just new, something you haven't listened to before, you have to listen to this album. And if you even want to go a little further back, their last album, I the Mask, they released an 8-bit version. Yeah, I've listened to I the Mask arcade version. Yes. It, it's specific 8-bit. It's not 16-bit. It is 8-bit. You can play Zelda to this fucking thing. <laughs> okay? But there are two tracks. They are back-to-back. Foregone Part 1, Foregone Part 2. You have to listen to those two tracks back to back if you're going to listen to nothing else on this album. It is beautiful. The album is beautiful. The way you guys think of Sleep Token mm -hmm. is the way I think of In Flames. And I feel like the European metal scene has always been great. Mm -hmm. And it's been yep. great because of bands like In Flames. Yep. And I'm not saying that Sleep Token's gotten some of their stuff from In Flames. But when you listen to In Flames, you can hear the, the melodies that other European bands have taken from them over the years. Yep. Where Orbit Culture, Orbit Culture has taken some of that, more the heavier side versus the melodic side. Mm -hmm. But, God, they are fucking incredible and again it pains me not to put them one yeah but the album i have at one has a reason for being at one and i will explain it okay so Jul we're julian uh, number two so i have said i'm going to say something that dad has already said <laughs> oh dad's already said oh cool I'm, i love it uh and the reason i put this album i'm not saying it yet is the same reasons dad had put it on live in moscow Back yeah absolutely Bale. Such a good live album. Mm -hmm. I also know the album Dad was gonna put as his live album, but he didn't. Did he tell you? Yeah, about I already that? said. Oh, live, at, live at MSG. I'm pretty yep, sure. Yep. Yeah. My so our, number. Our number ones. My, you gotta do a drum roll here, dude. My number one. Um, See, Dave gets it. Just recently jumped over to number one. It was going to be a top three. There's no questions asked about it, mm -hmm. but it's the cohesiveness. Of this record. I really hope it's not what I think it is. <laughs> it is the noble art of self-destruction by holding absence. Oh, okay, thank God. What did you think it was? August 25th, it 2023. Top 12, so it doesn't matter. Four singles to come off this record. A Crooked Melody, um, April 6th, False Dawn, May 17th, Honeymoon, June 23rd, and Scissors, um, July 21st. Now, I said this when we went back to our 2021 uh, list. So I said it in the 2021 show at the beginning of 2022 when we were kind of reflecting on our, our 2021 top 10 is that I discovered this band too late because this would have easy their 2021 record, The Greatest Mistake of My Life, easily would have been a top three for me. And they immediately jumped to one of my favorite bands of all time. We saw them play with um, Amity Affliction and Silverstein mm -hmm. at the Palladium was I last there? September. Yes, you were there. Did I have an edible? I don't remember. Probably. You were probably reading because you didn't care. You wanted oh, to go. Oh, wait. Was that the show we met Tiago? Yes, it was. I wasn't. I was paying attention, but I wasn't reading because me and Tiago were making fun of that stupid blonde woman. Anyway, we saw them live. Her? 
And no, you guys every with us. there is not a single song on this record that I will not blast and sing along to. The in my opinion, my favorite song on this record is the final song on the record, "The Angel in the Marble." It's just the culmination of the whole record. It's a it's an album about lo- uh, love, death, life, um, hope, mental health, mental um, fortitude. There is not a song on this record that doesn't hit one way or another. Mm-hmm. And like when I say cohesiveness, I love when albums songs don't end; they just merge into the next one. Mm-hmm. I think the first five or six songs do this. Now, obviously, every song merges to each other. Some of them have fades and fade-ins, but some of them just end and go right into the next one. And that's what happens with um, False Dawn into Scissors. Um, is that they when they released them, they had to specifically release singles versions that had fade-outs, that had trail-outs, because the actual versions go right into each other. Yeah. Honeymoon is an absolute beautiful song on this record um i don't think i can say enough good things about this this album um i am stoked to see them in february when they tour this record um stoked yeah number one noble art of self-destruction holding absence all right so my number one maybe not a surprise to anyone but they are my favorite band of all time um and when they drop this album I knew immediately it was going to be my number one. I didn't even have to listen to it. Uh, it was just right there. It, it got released on July 14, 2023, and it is Paris with Evergreen. Evergreen. And I knew it. This is So when Josh said he discovered Holding Absence too late in terms of just albums, I discovered this band too late and wish I had just listened to them because they have been around since 2014. They, they were pretty bomb live back then. So, and ba- 2014 in the middle of my high school career and I know that if I had listened to this I would have been a lot angstier teen but I would have loved it I resonate with this band so much because the two members who are Lynn and Brian they have been together since the beginning they are from Lowell Massachusetts uh Lynn is also part of the LGBTQ community so I resonate that they I'm pretty sure they both are so I resonate that with them they're from my home state they have made album after album after album amazing and they did it again with um evergreen they start off with i don't want to do this anymore pops right off and then they go into their kind of two anthems with good uh good enemy goddess and even animal and then they get into hype zombies fun fact who also co-wrote uh hype zombies with lynn mike shinoda from Lincoln Park, oh, wow. yeah. which is why that that song it's a it's a kind of a little bit of a repetitive song. It's a very short song, but when I saw when I saw that on social media that he's like oh, I loved working with Lynn on this, I was like holy shit, holy shit. Um, I, I like literally I could just keep going. My favorite song personally is Sentimental. Just I finally saw them live for the first time this summer and I I almost cried because I was just so excited to see them and this was their home they were on tour so this was technically their home um home state um performance so they kind of gave them a little longer set than the main which I really really appreciate um and them just performing their newer songs some of their older songs I was just 
I was over the moon. I literally can't say anything more about this band. This this album is perfection in my mind from 1 to 11. I think it ends my it ends perfectly with headlights, kind of more melodic kind of vibe and then you get to Love Is A, which is a the best song on the album and then you end with the title track of Evergreen. It's just absolutely so, perfection. So the way you can credit their success is how they got so big. They at Warp Tour there used to be a thing called Battle of the Bands on the Ernie Ball stage. Mm-hmm. And that's where they made it. They did Battle of the Bands on the Ernie Ball stage mm-hmm. here in Mansfield. They got signed to a record label that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. And then they got signed to Rise Records, which at the time, Rise Records had Sleeping with Sirens. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what band Maddie Mullins in, but they were. that was the record label she was signed to, which is when they released... Um, White Noise. Yep, which is their first album. Which I saw them multiple times at Warp Tour before Warp Tour ended. Mm-hmm. I've seen them open multiple times for a bunch of really good bands, mm-hmm. which I I want to say they she toured with All Time Low and Pierce the Veil. No, it was May Day Parade that I saw them on the Honeymoon Tour mm-hmm. when they were here. They toured with State Champs um, and Lost for Words. They opened... And then um, I saw them on Pierce Vale and Sleeping With Sirens co-headlining tour. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure they even toured with Fall Out Boy at one point. So they I saw did, them yep. with Fall Out Boy. And then I know they did their first ever headlining tour like themselves back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And they even, if I'd known you at the time, I could have taken you to the holiday show of Four Year Strong with me because they opened for Four Year Strong at the holiday show heaven, once. All we need of hell, yep. Yep, because basically... If you're from Boston or Massachusetts and you sing that type of music, all the bands are friends and do shit together. Yeah. And they're just, they're, they were so good live. And hearing Lynn talk for the first time, not in an interview, I was just like, I was just so happy and over the moon. It was just incredible. I can't wait to see them again. And so they can actually tour this full album because it's just. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I can't. I, like, I'm so emotionally attached to this band. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm, see, like- and I'm in love with them. I'm still in, like, I love my white noise era of Paris. Like, I'm never going to leave that era. white noise, all we know of heaven, all we need of hell, Um, Use Me, Use Me was probably, honestly, probably their best album. And then they, honestly, they just followed up. But they are one of their bands. We've talked about this before with Paramore and these other bands. They have grown. And with their music, they have gone more synth pop. And they're still, they're still pump punk pop. But they've gone more synthesized a little bit, and I and I absolutely love what they're yeah. doing. So my number one, Paris Evergreen. Oh, and you want to talk about him? Me and Josh were supposed to see them. I think was it this year or last year with MGK. At the MGK, and, and he then MGK screwed that cut, over. Cut them. Asshole. Anyways, so, so MGK. My number one came to me a little late this year. It was released two days before my birthday. Gina and Josh were both boasting about this band and i'm like why the fuck am i gonna listen to a band called hot milk <laughs> so my number one is a call to the void by hot milk i love this album mm-hmm. i've never like listened to it out of order when i put it on a car i listen to it from start to cover, finish cover. never jump around i love it my favorite strong songs in it are bloodstream um breathing underwater and alice cooper's pool house which is freaking hilarious i love that they are so fun and like i love for song suggestions for people i don't want to say song suggestions like be like obviously the popular ones like literally breathing underwater and bloodstream like no listen to like amphetamine or party on my deathbed like Mm -hmm. 
this song is so good. Like, even when I go to the gym and I'm on the treadmill, I just play the album start to finish because it has a good beat to walk to mm-hmm. for cardio. They're just, and they're they're both fantastic. It's so good. They haven't torn in the U.S. yet, but when they come here, I want to see them live. Yes, granted, I think it's going to be as an opener, not as a headliner, I but I want to see them touring together because they have similar yeah. vibes. But I want them, I want a headliner show yeah. for Hot Milk desperately. David, you're Go, Dave. numero uno. Go, Dave. Go, Dave. Numero uno. So we sat here and we have listed some fantastic bands. Beartooth, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. <laughs> we have listed Slaughter to Prevail. We have listed all these bands. Yes, we have. There was an album that was released 20 years ago that tops them all. True. 20 years ago, we got Meteora. Oh, oh my god. god, that was re-released this year. And they re-released That's it this right. year. And I will tell you, 20 years ago, it was a number one album. In 2023, it is a number one album. From everything that they've added to this album, the 14 tracks that they added at the end, like Lost. If that doesn't hit you in the feels... It did. Too much. Especially since the passing of Chester... It kills you. It kills you hearing that song. And when Shinoda goes and he talks about how they had to leave that track off because it sounded so much like Numb and they had to try to put the album together and now being able to release this music and then you get five live tours. Like you can listen to their live tracks from Live from Texas or other tours that they did throughout this album. It is five hours of music that you will never ask for in your back for after you've listened to it in your life. Mm-hmm. This is again. It's it's hard to sit there and listen to five hours of music. Listening to this album for five hours is super easy, barely an inconvenience. Oh really? I couldn't believe that I kept listening to this album and kept saying, "No, nah, I can't put this one. I can't put this one. I can't put this one." And then I sat there and I said, "You know what? There hasn't been anything that came out in 2023 that was better than Meteora 20 years ago. And the fact that the band released a 20th anniversary edition and gave us so much extra. There are times when bands release albums and they don't give you a lot of extra. And we called out Ice Nine Kills earlier for that. They gave Mm -hmm. us three songs on a re-release. Did Linkin Park give us a lot of music on this re-release? They did. They gave us five hours of music. But we got to hear Chester live once again. And we got to hear songs that Chester never released once again. And I get to be depressed about Chester being dead once, once again. again. But it also brings to light a lot of the other emotions that we felt when we heard certain songs. Numb is easily a top three song for me all time. Oh, yeah. All time. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't. It doesn't. Just hearing that piano, hearing him belt the tune the way he does, going back and rewatching that music video, and then... I mean, you can just go through the original Meteora. If you go just through the original album, tell me a bad track. I'll sit here. Uh, Don't stay. Somewhere I belong. Lying from you. Hit the floor. Easier to run. Faint. Figure nine. Breaking the habit. From the inside. Nobody's listening. Session. Numb. All of them are good. All of them are great tracks. All of them to this day still stand up against anything that gets re-released or released by any other band out there. They are not one of my top bands of all time. They've never really been. And then today I sat there at breakfast and there was this thing that came up and it was 50 or 60 bands on this one sheet of paper. And it said, pick five, everybody else disappears. And I sat there and I'm like, well, Slipknot's on this list. They've got to stay. They've oh, got to shit. Corn. 
Black Sabbath's on this list. Led Zeppelin's on this list. Pink Floyd, The Doors, Beatles, ACDC, Metallica, Megadeth, Korn. All these bands are on this list. I went one Slipknot to Linkin Park. And I didn't even mean it. And it was just like, holy shit, man. They really resonate that much mm -hmm. in my lifetime mm -hmm. that there's no reason why I now have to look at my top 12 albums and not put them one if they're still resonating this long. Mm -hmm. yep. So, I mean, four of my top three three of my top four albums are all bands from when I was in high school. Seven Dust, In Flames, and now Linkin Park. So, and again, if this album doesn't hit you in the feels, you have zero soul. Simple <laughs> as that. Mm -hmm. You have no soul. And now it's the best time. The honorable mentions of stuff that didn't make our list. I sprinkled mine in throughout, so... I have I one, la I have one last thing to add yeah. to Dad. Um, so, Josh, you like how songs go into songs? Mm-hmm. Meteora. Mm-hmm. They all lead into each other. It all flows into each other. And then, again, you go into the live stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've even started falling back into some of their other stuff, like Collision Course with Jay-Z. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Jay-Z earlier. Mm -hmm. Biggie, Jay-Z, the East Coast stuff. That stuff just flows so well. And I'm happy we're going to eventually get more Mike Shinoda music. I just don't want more Linkin Park music. I just yeah. want stuff Mike Shinoda does, like what he did with uh, Paris. Mm -hmm. I want them to, I want him to continue to give his great musical ear to the artists of this generation. Because he's, he's a great producer. He really is. And I'm happy that they were able to release stuff that we never got to hear before. Mm -hmm. okay. So, remember like, the name for me this year. I it it honestly probably topped thir my thirteenth album because this is what got booted off when I remembered Sunday at Foxwoods. Mm -hmm. Miley Cyrus dropped um, "Endless Summer Vacation" this year, and "Flowers" awesome single, loved it. But my favorite songs off my favorite song off that whole album was "You." Mm -hmm. Like. This album was her cathartic way of getting over, what's his face, Liam Hen Hem Henderson? Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth, whatever. Yeah, one of the Hemsworth brothers. Yeah. And then, towards the end of the summer, she dropped the Used to Be Young. Yep. And talking about her time as Hannah Montana and everything, and calling everybody out. Miley's never been crazy. It's everything that you threw onto her mm -hmm. that made her the way she was. Mm -hmm. And that fell off my list, which... It's a good album. It's just not top 12 for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's where Slipknot kind of falls off my list. It, Slipknot was a tw top 12 album, but I, again, I wanted to be digital. I didn't yeah. want to have something mm -hmm. that yeah. you had to go out and buy a $50 vinyl to listen to. Yeah. And then one that Josh told me that he kept saying, oh, it's going to make my top 12. It's going to make my top 12. It was so much for Stardust by Fall Out Boy. You told me that was going to be in your top 12. And then. Yeah, that one fell off. Um, I actually, so I have a list of probably 50 plus records that could have made I wouldn't say 50 I'd say maybe closer to 30 35 um that were things that came out this year that I absolutely loved not without my ghost was one um built to last was another one yep. um caskets is another metalcore oh band God, that put out um reflections this year yep. asking alexandra where do we go from here came out this year you that had, was an album I didn't enjoy you had Out of the there Shadows was about, from Escape the Fate that album I was just about to mention which the only song that I enjoyed was the one at the end with Spencer Charnas that is my favorite song of the year I would say that or um, Unholy Heart were my two favorite yeah. songs of this year both of which were on EP slash albums and could not be my single of the year which Lost. then like I yeah. Yeah, Lost 
lost. That's why I couldn't then, make my single. But then the re-releases that I had to debate, well, obviously Speak Now, Taylor's version, and then Demi released with revamped by Demi Lovato. She yeah. picked specific songs throughout all of her old albums and turned them into rock singles. Ghost, 13 Commandments. Yeah. And it was it was Noah good Khan. for me. Yeah, Noah Khan kept dropping like singles from his from Stick Season. Mm-hmm. But, but like but did them no, with Gracie Abrams, Hozier, um Post. Post, Post Malone. Hozier like, came out with an album that so many people I thought it was Hosea. It's Hosier? I don't know. I, I, think, it's I, mean, I think it maybe depends on And then, like, you still had yeah. you had Boy and Eternal by Nothing Nowhere come out, Childhood Eyes by Yellow Card, yep. Little Wayne dropped three albums, but the only one I cared about was I Am Music when he remastered some of his yeah. old singles. No one said Ice Nine Kills. We, oh, we brought it up multiple yeah. times. Multiple times. Oh, multiple times. I, was bus- I was not sleeping. She wasn't sleeping. She was reading. She I mean, was reading. Nick Minaj um, came out an album. Drake came out with an album. She did. Poppy came out with an album. And then Mod Sun dropped God Save yeah. the Team, which O-tap. also brings O-tap back came out with an O-tap album. the freaking yeah. Avril Lavigne and Mod Sun shit because they did a song together on God yeah. Save the Team called Shelter, where Avril Lavigne's literally saying she'll be Mod Sun's shelter yeah. and protect him. I digress. Um, the Word Alive came out with a record. Hard Reset was really, really good. Um, for me, I'm a hip hop fan. Um, Drake for All the Dogs came out this year. Which was actually not bad. Quavo's Rocket Power um, came out this year. That was a really good record. Yeah. Um, and then again, on my list, I have The Death We Seek uh, by Currents. Mm-hmm. I have, um, where is it? Uh, All Shall Be by In Fear. Um, that is a really, really fun record. And then when Dave wants to talk about singles, you have like some 41 dropping two singles, Landmines and Rise Up. And then freaking Green Day dropped three singles this year for their upcoming album that comes out next year, which is Dilemma, The American Dream is Killing Me, and Look Ma, No Brains. So, a lot of really good music, and obviously we yeah. have our top four for the group. Um, Meteor 20, Hot Milk, Call to the Void, Noble Art of Self-Destruction, I've already forgot what yours was. Paris. Paris, Paris that's right. Evergreen. I'm sorry. I have such Paris terrible memory. We've talked about so much music. And you forgot Julian's was also Meteora. I said Meteora was yeah. a collective. Lexi didn't give her top album of the year. Because it, was, it wasn't even an album I thought it was. It was just a five-year anniversary. Yeah, that's a re-release. Okay, then Juice for all Lucid Dreams. Oh, that did come out. Oh, that's right. That did come out. But no. So that is going to wrap up this year's Dirty Dozen uh, of course, if you guys have any comments on any of our lists, send, um, in, yours. send in your lists. Obviously, we do want to hear Let what everybody else got. Your, I mean, or like you don't have three. to go through your like your top twelve, yeah. but maybe give us like a top five, top three of your albums for this yeah. year. I know Tiago's probably going to listen to this as soon as we drop it and let us know his. Yeah, Tiago's going to send over top his three, top, top twelve. Five, top twelve. Um, but yeah, so of course, if you guys again. Just in regards to anything that we put out, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, definitely hit us up on our social medias at Double Doink Network on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can you email can us X. as you can email us you too if to you guys have any Twitter next to it. It's not X. If you have any um, longer questions that you want to um, bring up to us or any ideas for shows in the future, 2024 is going to be another building year for us. Um, but this has been a Double Doink Network production. I have been Josh. I'm I've been Gaylor. Dave. I've been Meredith. I've been Julian. I've been Lexi. <laughs> and I think we have two words for you. Lincoln Park. <laughs> Lincoln Paris Park. Evergreen? 
Hot milk? Doinks out. <laughs>